it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. As I say these words, my microwave is heating up my latest factor meal. It's the chili, and it is a cool, rainy day here in Minnesota, and I'm looking forward to an easy lunch because I take the Factor Meal out of the refrigerator, fresh, never frozen, with wholesome ingredients packed with nutrients that will give me the energy to make it through the workday, all the way through watching Wrestling Tonight and hosting the Post Show podcast. With the busy fall season already in full swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days also. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals Delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. And like me, you don't want to wait 45 minutes for food to be delivered and agonize over what kind of tip to give and then regret how much you spent and eat fried food. That ends up not being all that hot by the time you eat it and you have to microwave it anyway. So why not have Factor deliver a week's worth of meals to your door, as many as you want, and in whatever variety you want. They have uh, different themes, including vegan meals and high-protein meals and much more. In fact, there's over 35 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals that promote a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, all, again, ready to eat in just two minutes. They also offer not just dinner, but lunch-to-go meals, effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go, no microwave required. And my microwave just beeped in the background. My food is ready. There's also calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving, but with the nutrients you need for the energy to get through the day. You can also try Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving if you're trying to pack on some muscle from workouts at the gym. And with Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions and source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices. So this October, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. So head to factormeals.com slash wade50. That's factormeals.com slash wade50 and use code wade50 to get 50% off. That's code wade50 at factormeals.com slash wade50 to get 50% off. Now I'm going to go have my delicious lunch. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. 
Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, PW Torch and Spreaker bring you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. It's time to talk this week's AEW Dynamite. So Dan, Adam Copeland closed out Dynamite, giving his mission statement. Actually opened up the show um, addressing or uh, approaching Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, and Renee for a little Canadian Canadian all-star party. Um, so he made an appearance uh, earlier in the show too. But... Uh, standing mid-ring, laid out uh, uh, the reason he showed up, when he did, why he did. And also, and I like this, uh, it sounded like Rich Fan and I uh, on on the VIP podcast, everything yesterday, talking about the fresh first-time matchups that he can have in AEW. But then he closed yep. by pitching to Christian, let's team together, let's show a new generation, why we're one of the greatest teams ever. Christian says something that was bleeped <laughs> and uh the crowd gasped so it, it was pretty harsh um go something yourself was my guess um, yeah, yeah. yeah and uh that was the cadence and then uh, luchasaurus and uh, nick wayne joined christian on the stage uh luchasaurus facing edge on title tuesday dynamite special night in six nights next week uh, Dan, uh, just talk talk about Edge showing up in AEW. Did it feel surreal? Did it feel cool? Did it did you groan and think this isn't what AEW should be about? Where are you? Oh, I'm I'm fully supportive of of that particular move. And you know whether it hurts my credibility on this or not, I don't watch that much WWE anymore. So maybe for some people, it seems like he just went through some things. I mean, I know he had that really good final match with Sheamus and. And they had kind of a conclusion to that part of his career, but I'm really excited to see him because um, I've watched some of his stuff in WWE, but of course he hasn't been appearing as frequently as he's going to here in AEW, and I didn't see everything he did there. So to me, it feels really fresh and interesting, and uh, yeah, I mean, the matches he all mentioned, he kind of ran the gamut from, I mean, they're all, you know, reasonably top guys, but it wasn't just the older guys. It wasn't just the younger guys. Like he, you know, he, he listed what would be considered mostly dream matches. And by mentioning a couple of those guys, I think it kind of helped elevate them as well. So, uh, I thought, you know, that was a good part of the show. And, uh, there's an interesting dynamic there, obviously. I mean, the stuff Sunday was amazing. Uh, and it was pretty special tonight also. I mean, that, that was a good segment, uh, to end the show. Yeah, he he was a star out there. You know, he owned the ring. Uh, it's it's weird. They basically traded on 
the uh, salary cap, so to speak. Not that there is a formal one, but right. um, CM Punk for Adam Copeland. And you go from one of the most prickly, controversial, I don't want to say disliked, but pe- someone who puts people on edge <laughs> in, in Phil Brooks, CM Punk. And you go from that to one of the most affable, well-liked, lean, uh, just lean, uh, what's the word? I'm, lean, I'm saying leaning back, uh, uh, laid back, that's the word. Yeah. Uh, one of the most laid back, cool people um, you know, reputation-wise in this industry. And I, I think it's a pretty good trade. I, I think, you know, I mean, uh, Punk is like five years younger, but I think Copeland took, you know, years off just like Punk did. I think he's got more in the tank. Um, I think he's going to be more of a collaborator with some of the younger people that he mentioned and uh, genuinely interested in some dream matches. Maybe he can top the greatest wrestling match ever he had with Randy Orton during the uh, pandemic, oh, as it was boy. built. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I bet he can. <laughs> so, I think, uh, yeah, I just think this was a a really good start for him. And f- frankly, it wasn't any different than I anticipated. Like I had, this is the expectation I had. It was a really good start. Um, it'd be weird to just not acknowledge the friendship of Christian, but I'm glad that it isn't the central preoccupation of him out of the gate. Um, that, you know, he has laid out there. There's other things he wants to do in dream matches he wants to have, which I think was important to do. So people didn't just think this is a nostalgia tour for him and, and uh, Christian to kind of do their thing in their little, um, you know, Edge and Christian verse instead of the Cody verse. Yeah. So I, it checks some boxes for me. I liked it. Uh, elaborate some more on your thoughts. Yeah, uh, and just I'll just echo, and I'm not all that well connected, obviously, with you know what all these folks are like. But you know, uh, Edge and and Beth both have been to Waterloo, um, you know, and you get to see the real people up there, and, and most of the people that go there are really genuinely good people. Uh, but they're they're right at the top. I mean, you can just tell. I mean, I I talked to them a little bit about the Avid Brothers when I was. Uh, when, 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 when he was there and just a really genuine person that, you know, takes the time to kind of be interested in what people have to say to him. That, that was always my impression of him mm-hmm. personally and, and, and Beth. Um, and so just to kind of echo what you were saying there before, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, um, I just, I think he's coming at it with the right attitude. He's very enthusiastic to be there. You know, he did a little bit of a walk around about with the fans, but I know that video they put up, of him just, you know, celebrating with the fans after the show in Seattle is like one of the most watched YouTube videos they've ever had. And the, the sheer joy in that just comes through. And, uh, you know, this is, I mean, I was a fan of punk in AEW. We talked about this quite a bit, but now that that chapter is at least temporarily, if not permanently behind him, um, this type of positive energy is not a bad thing. And <laughs> right. You know, yes. It's kind of like taking a shower after you've been in the mud pit for a while. And, uh, it's very refreshing. And so, uh, you know, this, this is a great contrast to what the drama, the, whatever you want to call it. I mean, um, that, th- that we've been experiencing, uh, you know, the, the, at least the folks there in AEW have been experiencing and the fans have to some degree as well. Well, if uh, Copeland ends up unhappy and a source of controversy in AEW, I will be blaming AEW. <laughs> right. Unless I get more information. Um, you know, that, that, straight, that you know, steers me in another direction. Because um, then it'll be the locker room is cursed if something, something crazy happens there. Um, yeah, and, and I, you know, we can parse the names he mentioned versus the names he left off. 
and if that means anything, um, I, I liked the list of of uh, of wrestlers that he mentioned. I wish he had said Ricky Starks because I think that's a really good matchup. He can give Ricky a rub. Now maybe. Ricky's not under contract, and they think he's going to go join Cody or something in WWE, and they don't want to put him over. It, maybe that's a reason. Or I mean, it, you could also argue Moxley, Omega, Miro, Hobbs, Jay White, and Juice Robinson. You can also look at that and say maybe Ricky doesn't belong on that list because he's not in the plans. Because maybe Jay White's going to beat MJF at full gear, and maybe Edge will then challenge him, and maybe he'll face Juice to get to Jay White at right. some point. So that's why he kind of planted that seed. Um, Hobbs and well, Miro are interesting choices, but Moxie and Omega are ones you can just throw on a dynamite or a collision if you're looking to pop a rating, um, mm-hmm. you know, into Rockstar viewership and kind of have it be a one-off. You don't even have to do a full-fledged feud with them, although you could also. So interesting names, but yeah, Ricky Starks jumped out. No Wardlow. Um, he didn't mention MJF. He didn't mention Samoa Joe. Um, didn't mention Jericho, didn't mention Guevara. I mean, there's, you know, plenty. It's for Strickland. I mean, if, again, he's not doing an exhaustive list, but I, I, I like looking well, at that well, and going, the they made he choices. didn't mention Jericho, my guess is, I think he was mentioning all people he'd never wrestled before. Oh, yeah, good point. So, yeah, yeah. so that, one I would, that one I would leave on a separate list than the others that you mentioned. And I'm not giving him enough credit for this, but I thought a little bit of the same thing with Ricky. You could, if you're really thinking ahead, have the insult to the... He didn't mention Brian Danielson either, but I think, again, for the same reason that I mentioned with, with uh, Jericho. Yes, yep. um, you know, but there could be the insult that, hey, why didn't you mention me? Like, that could be ah, something. Ah, yes. Uh, yep. and, and that's giving him a lot of credit, and I'm not willing to give him that much credit about... This entire show was not my favorite show tonight, Um so I'm I'm being a little kind with that, but if they're thinking ahead, that's a good way to do it too. Yes, a- absolutely. Um, Christian was great. I just you know we're talking a lot about Copeland here. I do not want uh, Adam Copeland to overshadow Christian Cage on this show tonight yeah. or yeah. or going forward because Christian lately has been. As good or better than Mr. Adam Copeland has ever been at anything he's yeah. ever done. That's how good Christian's been lately, and that is not an insult to Copeland because Christian just set the bar so high with his recent heel work. He played that so well. He dressed the part, walked held the up part. That belt. Oh. He held up that belt. It's like, do you not know what I'm doing here? Yes. I mean, he's not saying it. And then he, oh, it was beautiful. No, oh. and, and yeah, he's the most compelling. I, I don't want to exaggerate, but to yeah. me, he's the most compelling character in wrestling right now. I mean, just. Uh, it, there's so many levels to what he's been doing and uh, they're all great. I mean, it's, it's uh, he's a must must watch and focus on right now. Uh, no matter whether he's wrestling or he's doing the backstage scrum or whatever it is. And, and I, I this he's being the, he is the, the most effective and disciplined and focused heel that AEW has at the top of the roster. And MJF is playing a very different role right now, obviously. You know, he's kind of, you know, where is he? Is he or isn't he? Um, but I think Christian is showing how to be a timeless, effective heel. And again, he could, he would be this good even without the insults at the dads, you know, the dead dads. Sure. Um, with Jack, you know, Jack Perry and, and Nick Wayne. But the way he does it actually makes it not feel tawdry and tasteless. It's, it like, 
you have to it's like you know there's hack comedians who go there and then there's genius brilliant comedians who go there to the places you're not supposed to go and if you're good enough you can get away with almost anything not that some people won't you know be outraged and try to cancel you but like if you're brilliant and a genius about how you take a, a taboo subject and talk about it you, you you're going to get away with it more than somebody who's just a hack and doing it and and there's something about christian that's just not hackery when he does that because there's so much else to you know the evil steve jobs <laughs> gimmick uh, uh, that, yeah. that is working so i i it's fun seeing christian not change in the presence of copeland with the idea of being well it's fun that i did this stuff but now edge is back so now i gotta be edge and christian again and we right. gotta go back to zany humor they're not gonna they're not gonna do that or at least no no time soon and frankly hopefully never yeah i mean they can do it after they're both retired <laughs> if yeah. they want to yeah. uh like they were doing it in wwe i mean they were doing it as that show i don't know if you saw the thing where he's doing the scrum um and Tony Khan said, I noticed you came out for the honor of uh, Mr. Inoki, and he just deadpan say, well, they lost their grandfather. And just, <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it justice. Yep. I laughed at that as hard as anything I've laughed at in a long time. I just, like, that whole seven-minute clip where he's up there on stage and and dealing with the different press members and then Tony is just phenomenal. I mean, everything, like you said, Everything he's doing is phenomenal. It's it's a big bright spot on the show. Yeah. All right. Well, let's pause. Let's introduce ourselves, and then we'll get on with the show. We'll give out the phone number and the email, and uh, and we got a lot more to cover on this episode too. And we'll get your take on why you did not otherwise like the show. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You can support us on Patreon and get these shows with ads and plugs removed. The Wade Keller Processing Podcast, Wade Keller Processing Post Shows, and the PW Torch Daily Cast throughout the week with ads and plugs removed, plus a few bonus VIP shows throughout the month for just $4.99 a month. Check it out. Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. And you can also upgrade to other tiers and receive even more benefits through Patreon. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show for Wednesday, October 4th, 2023. I'm Wade Keller, the editor, publisher, and founder of Pro Wrestling Torch, the newsletter, pwtorch.com, the website, and the host of various podcasts throughout the week, including the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast flagship, Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net, joined me yesterday. We talked AEW, we talked uh, Adam Copeland at the beginning, in fact, and uh, then delved into a whole array of other topics, including looking ahead to Fastlane and more. So check that out. That's the Blue Logo Show. Search Wade Keller in your podcast app and uh, subscribe to that for free when the Blue Logo pops up. If you're streaming our show but haven't subscribed yet on your app, you'll also see this show, the Red Logo Show, pop up. Subscribe to that also. And then while you're at it, search PW Torch to bring up the PW Torch Daily Cast with a different show with a different theme every day of the week, including the 90s past cast, looking at a Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter from 30 years ago this week uh, with uh, uh, just cool backstage stories and star ratings and and recaps of storylines and reactions to my uh, Torch Talk interviews with some of Pro Wrestling's newsmakers. Um, that is a fun show. Alex and Patrick do a great job with that. I will not plug all the shows in the lineup, just shining a spotlight on that um, at the moment. Um, it is free, PW Torch. Search and subscribe. The other voice you hear on the show is Dan Keister. He is a PW Torch occasional contributor, uh, often covering the Japan scene with us and participating in roundtable discussions and some written reports. And he is now joining me. Is this the fourth time, Dan? I, at least, at least. Yeah, I at least. That's right. that's Maybe, yeah. yeah. Four, four time. Five, yeah. Yeah, four yeah. time this since uh, this summer when uh, Collision started, and uh, it's been fun. I, I'm glad to have you back and here on a... Have you done a Dynamite, or have you just done Collisions? I feel like you did do a Dynamite, too. We, this is the second Dynamite, and I'm trying to remember where we've done two or three Collisions. Yeah. But yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Well, good to have you back. Um, good show to have you on to uh, react to uh, the, the fallout from Wrestle Dream, um, which uh, included, you know, a Japan theme to it. So, uh, Dan, welcome. Thank you very much, Wade. Congratulations to you and Jason on the twins, and uh, and uh, all the as long as the uh, football team from Minnesota doesn't win Sunday, we're going to be all right. <laughs> yes, yes. I uh, I got a delayed start watching the twins, and then had to two screen experience 
uh, the, the final inning while uh, Dynamite was starting. Um, oh, God. Because I knew someone like you would say something before I got to the end. So was... I, I just was thinking, like, <laughs> I, I, like Todd Martin does that. that <laughs> He's the only person I know that watches sports on delay. And so I was like, I hope I didn't step in it here. But uh, I, yeah. I, I watch almost all sports on delay I, because, you know, rest, I mean, wrestling overlaps almost everything. Um, right. You know, so I'm and, and I'm, you know, up late. So I usually watch sports either in the evening or, or the next afternoon um, that I'm interested in. But, yeah, I, I figured it'd be hard to avoid spoilers. So um, so I did catch up and that, that was a lot of fun. Um, I'm looking forward to at least four more games. Um, you know, it's really I – mean, we don't need to talk too much. I'm not into – the Cardinals are out, so I haven't been paying attention, but I'm looking at the teams that are left, and it's it's kind of refreshing. Like, it's uh, – it, it does yeah. – uh, you know, uh, my nephew's a big Rangers fan, and they've been, you know, good but not great. And it's just I, – I didn't even – once the Cardinals were out, I quit paying attention. I was like, oh, the Yankees didn't make it. Good. This is great. Like, things are more interesting this year. I'll pay a little bit of attention. I think Baltimore uh, – there's some good stories. Yeah. To- yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and and you know, I mean, Houston has been around, and uh, you know, some controversy with them, but um, I will look yeah. forward to um, to to uh, to playing them, and you know, it's kind of yeah. fun playing a team with some uh, kind of marquee aspect to their uh, playoff history, who aren't the Yankees, thankfully. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think most people be pulling for Minnesota. I think I certainly I will. So that's exciting. Good call. Yep. Two games this weekend. It's going to be. Uh, a fun weekend watching meaningful baseball. It's been fun just watching those uh, two games yesterday and today start to finish. And uh, kind of, I mean, I grew up, a base, I mean, the Minnesota Twins won the World Series in 1987, and that was such a special time um, well, for, not, for not sports for fans. <laughs> That's, but such a special time for uh, Minnesota sports fans, and it, it just brought the whole the whole community together, all the Twin Cities together. It was just a great time, and, you know, Ken Herbeck, Kirby Puckett, Bert Blylevin. It was just a real fun time. So um, this this town is selling out that great Target Field Stadium, and it, it's going to be crazy here um, when uh, when the games come to town. And yeah, it'll be fun. All right. Well, and, and and one last thing. I know people are frustrated, but even beyond the losing end of that '87 World Series, that was a great World Series. It was super exciting. So uh, it, it's never yes. fun to have the Cardinals lose, <laughs> but uh, that was that was a quite a quite a memory for me. Years and years later, we're. We're sending old here, so we'll get to wrestling. <laughs> yes. All right, very good. Um, so if you're uh, listening to us and you want to talk about tonight's Dynamite, please call us, 347-215-8558. That's 347-215-8558. When you call, you have to push one on your keypad to flag yourself on the switchboard so that we know you want to be brought onto the show. we got a bunch of people who have called and are listening in. No one's pushed one yet. So um, if you are interested in that, uh there won't be a long wait. You can also email us at Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. That's Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. We are expecting to hear from our on-site correspondent, Ted, who attended in Sacramento tonight. So uh, you're curious to hear about the reactions in the arena. Dan, did it seem like the reaction for MJF was a little muted compared to some other cities to you or, or not? I, yeah. I don't what i'd say so yeah. yeah i mean it wasn't bad i mean he even no no it's like he was like wait i'm a narcissist i need to hear more and and it, it and not just like you have concert people that always say that at the concert right but i mean i think he was maybe like hey this should be a little bit more um it wasn't it, yeah it was good but it wasn't overwhelming like certainly you know i think in new york i obviously and even but most of his recent appearances it's been a, a little bit more um a little more overwhelming yeah 
Yeah, yeah. So um, we can get into that aspect of things um, too as the show progresses. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, the uh, the follow from Wrestle Dream in general. Do you think they did a good job on the show conveying how good Wrestle Dream was as an event, how well received it was? And I'm I'm big on this after pay per views, and not everybody agrees, but I think it's I think it's it behooves promoters to create a sense of regret and take the time, mm-hmm. even at the risk of TV ratings, take the time to let people know who opted to not order an event. To, to feel bad, feel regret, feel like they were left out of something really special. Now, Copeland totally, you know, stole headlines, and, and I get it, and that's moving forward. But I think there's value in looking backward. And I just don't know that they fully uh, conveyed to a viewer who didn't order Sunday what they missed out on. And and I think that's important to getting people to order full gear, for instance, is you don't want to be watching Dynamite for free a few days later feeling that same regret. How, how do you feel like they did it? I mean, we had a Brian Danielson, you know, soundbite, but uh, in clips of what happened with uh, with, with Adam Copeland, exactly. but, but not much else. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess, you know, Darby, I guess, is fine, but they could have 
I think it would have been perfectly fine to treat that like, you know, hey, here's Darby's condition. Um, here's more. I mean, they, they alluded to what happened at Sting during during Adam Copeland's thing, but before that, they didn't really talk about it. I mean, like, if, if you don't stress what happened at your pay-per-view, exactly, it's not going to seem all that important. And I think they did kind of the bare minimum with Danielson and Zach. And, uh, yeah, I agree, get it. Some of the audience doesn't know Zach, but it's like, it's worth the time. I mean, he's been on enough of their programming lately uh, where they should, they should talk that up more. Um, you know, they didn't really talk up uh, FTR at all. Like I'm just thinking about all the different things on that show that were either mentioned in passing or not at all. And um, they spent way, they had plenty of time. They could have cut in with some of those skits to uh to to focus and even a hot why not a highlight package of wrestle dream like a two-minute highlight package hey this is still available on pay-per-view it's one of the best regarded pay-per-views uh uh you know you could say ever but certainly of the year and uh, people are raving about it i mean they used to you know i know they don't know dave Meltzer's ratings yet but they used to bring those up more i mean like i, I don't know like there's whoever i mean and they brought up what things you've said about their shows before they they seem to have gotten away from that and i don't really think that's necessarily wise like um if there are respected people that are praising your show um why don't you quote them directly uh and I, and, and do that i think going back to the beginning of what you said um there was a pretty hardcore angle at the end of that show and yes yeah. adam copeland's a big deal but treating the attack as a big deal and we want to make sure we want to make sure that fans of Darby and Sting know how they're doing and they're doing okay and like talk about that um what what I think should be part of the celebration of Adam Copeland showing up like I don't think they're you the reason heels beat up baby faces is to draw emotions out in the the, the mainstream masses who a successful company needs to attract who aren't sitting around waiting to find out about star ratings it, you know I mean I'm glad people care about that but you're on a tv show um you, you want to yeah. think about those fans who are like is darby okay <laughs> you know like I, and they're still out there or people who just desire for a connective tissue to the pay-per-view in terms of the story that t was told on sunday and so yeah instead of copeland coming out and we have a fun little bit about hey look it's for canadians um, how about you treat what happened at the end of that pay-per-view seriously and talk grimly about what uh, about the attack and and what ca what caused Adam Copeland? And I would love for there to be a cover story. I know some people think this stuff doesn't matter. I think it does, um, and I think it's just the professional thing to do. Say Adam Copeland was at Wrestle Dream because he was officially a free agent and he he wanted to say hi to some friends. And yes, he was in talks with AEW. Yeah. Like just say he was there. Yeah, like he was negotiating. He yeah. Was, you know, he, yeah, yeah. As yeah. opposed to no. while well, everyone knows it's planned, and we had a video ready for him to go, and I went to bear the video because I, I mean, I would have, I firmly would have, would have, would have voted against that video pack, that video airing, as cool as it was. I would have saved it for tonight, um, because you want that sense of oh my god, this beating was so bad that Copeland, who was just expecting a night off, hanging out with old friends, and yes, talking, to, meeting Tony Khan, turned into him having to run to the ring to save Sting and Darby. I would have leaned into the story they were telling as opposed to, isn't it great we signed Adam Copeland and now let's do some bits on Canadians all being together. Yeah, yeah no, the show should have opened with an update. Uh, and I think I'm repeating yeah. what you just said. But, you know, I still remember when I was a kid, I didn't have cable. 
uh, and it was very difficult to get a pay-per-view. Yep. But if, if there was one and I could like, I would maybe get my friends to record WTBS and they would come back with, Hey, you know, Ric Flair kept the world title. Here's what happened at the show. Like open your show with that. Your fans should, you're building it up for weeks and you're spending all the last few minutes of your last show saying, here's what's coming up. The next chapter is for some people, the next time they turn on the TV show, if you then treat it like a big deal immediately after the uh, pay-per-view and you say, here's what happened on the pay-per-view. And we are, even if you just say, we're going to have a health update from Sting, you, you know, we, we are going to try and keep you around to watch for a little bit. We're going to, we're going to find out what happened more the the current condition of Darby and Sting. We're going to get an update in 30 minutes. Fine. But you treat it like a big deal and you open the show with it just like you you closed the previous show with it. Yeah. And it it's it, you know, there's so many ways you can sell a pay-per-view. And one of them is making it seem like what happens at pay-per-view with that the pay-per-view is entertaining, but also that what happened matters. And what also helps sell pay-per-views is having a, knowing when to have a serious tone where in your narrative structure in the canon of your of your of the of of the the, the whole AEW universe, I'm trying to avoid the term universe, but um, in the AEW universe, that that there there are things that happen of high consequence in terms of physical risk and injury. Uh, and of course, championships should be the be all end all. There should be fewer of them. That's a whole other issue. Um, and 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 AEW too often is is about what the buzz is on social media, and that's because Tony Khan's a social media product you know right. and, and and he's on a lot and so oh we're doing great numbers on youtube with edges debut so now we don't need to tell people edges in aw yeah there's seven hundred thousand people watching dynamite live tonight who did not see that pay-per-view and right. some of them have busy lives and they aren't on twitter x they're not watching highlight packages a lot of them are domestically and internationally but tell a self-contained story and underline and emphasize the heel heat for Christian. Don't just entertain people. Tell immersive stories, and so that, that there's a lot there's a lot to like about what they did with Copeland. Uh, but there, I still think it is, uh, it is an example of an area that I think is a weakness of Tony Khan, which is he's a director of a movie with a beginning and an end. Although the beginning was over four years ago, and the end never comes. But there's still yeah. this 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 lane you drive in. And you want to have dynamite, especially be the self-contained universe where you react to things as if they are real and and tell that story. And there's some fans who are like, well, we know it's not. Well, right. You go to movies, you know it's not, but you don't want to be reminded mm-hmm. of it every five minutes watching a movie. So it's it's I think it's a, a, a terribly flawed strategy to say, well, everyone knows it's fake, so we're not going to pretend it's fake. Or we're not going to pretend it's real. And a lot of bad bookers have driven wrestling companies down into a grave doing having that approach. Um so yeah, you you did this vicious beatdown, and it barely gets mentioned. Yeah, let me give them credit for one thing, it, and, and I would like to see them to do more of this. They did have the segment or the discussion or the whatever. Brian Danielson won his match, one of the main events of Wrestle Dream. Swerve Strickland won his match, yep. one of the main events of Wrestle Dream. Now, should they be fighting for the TNT title or the world title? That could be a different question, but. Yep. This has consequences. Next Tuesday, they're going to face the winner's going to face Christian. That was good. Yep. So it's absolutely, not, it's not all bad, but they need to do more of. Give me more of that. Give me more of that, and and yeah, and and just more of how would you exactly what you said? How would you treat it if it was real? Yeah, and go uh, yep. from there. Yep. It just it ends up being 
a, a more entertaining show for people. Everybody knows it's not real. Just like anything you watch, that's that's not you know pure sport. Um, but yeah, it's you're doing a better job. You're, you're making the things you do matter more. You do things for a reason. Maximize the effect by not then going, well, we did it, and now we're going to move on to something else. Um, underline and emphasize those things. So, um, yeah. Um, but I agree. There, there, there's it, by no means was this all bad. I, in fact, it was. It's so aspects of this were so good. That's why I'm like that. That kind of missing piece um, was to me Copeland being less jovial. Hey, look, here I am. It's great to be here. And more. I hate that I had to debut the way that I debuted because of what Christian did. Now, mm-hmm. I I can also critique in the same in the same spirit because it would almost seem wrong not to do this. Ed, Adam Copeland can say, "Oh, I know who really is under there, and it's time to go back to being friends." But Copeland had to charge out to save right. uh, to save Christian from you know de- 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 like just a devastating attack on any you know he's like it's it's sting you know it's like how could you do that he kind of did that but like i wanted edge to be disgusted enough that like he's not you know just three days later going oh let's be a tag team again i i i get why they did that but i don't know that it didn't discount too much what he christian was responsible for doing yeah he tried to explain it by saying christian you're getting played by nick wayne and luchasaurus which makes absolutely no sense if you really think about it, but at least maybe, you know, we all have uh, the relationship that we're hung up on and we just see them as perfect no matter what. And maybe you can say he's doing that with Christian. So it's like, well, he's not really the bad mastermind. He's getting taken advantage of by this guy who never speaks and this kid who's barely in wrestling. Uh, But at least he tried to, that was his effort, I think, to try to make it make some sense to say, well, these guys are taking advantage of you and you're not really the bad guy because I see this good part of you. I, right. That's, that's, it's a stretch, Wade, but that's I the agree. best. At least he tried. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, you can tell they're like cognizant of needing to do it. And I just don't think it was done in a way that did justice to the viciousness of the attack that drew him out from the back. So, again, my critique would be. Copeland says, I had no plans to be on that show. I was there to say hi to friends, meet with Tony, maybe talk about a deal. Um, and, uh, you know, I became a free agent and, and just want, want to see some old friends. And what you did was was awful as opposed to, yeah, that was awful. But, hey, let's put that aside and let's be a tag team yeah. again. I just I, – I, I, I would have – I mean, then then can you have the hug moment? You know, I mean, it's sort of like they worked backwards from the moment they That's wanted. Exactly. And... They're working backwards. That's exactly yep. what I was going to say. Yeah. And the, and and it's it's way too frequent in wrestling now that they work backward. They didn't used to. I sound old, but they didn't used <laughs> to do that very. What well, the stuff I like. Yeah. They didn't used to do that. And and you know, is it a swerve that Christian hugged him and then you know said what he said that got believed? Um, you know, they do so many swerves, perhaps. But I guess I would have rather had. Christian initiate the idea of them being a team and Edge being really skeptical of that. I I think that would have rang more true and have Edge go, after what I saw you do on Sunday, I don't know that I even want to be in this, you know, that I I can't even imagine how my daughters will look at me if if I just like forgave you. We need to figure out what's what's wrong with you. What's gone wrong with you? What is going on? And and you know, Christian can Again, it's sort of the swerve thing, but he's a heel, and it's more manipulating. Edge oh, he's a great psychopath. Fans. I mean, yeah. that's fine. He, yeah. he can, yeah, he can, yeah. he can 
he could figure that part out. I'm, I'm confident of that. Yeah. We invite you to email the show with feedback or questions or comments. That email address is wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. That's wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. Also welcome your feedback on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at pwtorch and follow me at the Wade Keller. That's at pwtorch and at the Wade Keller. All right, cool. Well, let's uh, let's go to the phone lines. We'll start with uh, James in Clemson. Uh, James, thanks for calling. Thanks for pushing one. What's on your mind about Dynamite tonight? Hey, guys. How's it going? Um, I, I just got to start by saying I will be at the Braves game on Saturday. Looks like we're playing the Phillies, and this is going to be a fun World Series. And uh, if it comes down to the Braves and the Twins, oh, I will be, be calling awesome. the trash talk with you, Wade. I would love yeah. that. Uh, a call back to 91. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a really good postseason this year, so I'm really looking forward to it um, for the re- all the reasons you guys said. Yeah. I, I've been a little down on Dynamite lately, so tonight I'm going to give them a little praise. I think it was a pretty good show, definitely better than last week uh, coming out. Um, and so uh, – and I, last week I called and I talked about whether I'd buy Wrestle Dream or not, and I – did decide to go with buying it. So I, I, I watched and the Brian Danielson match, uh, and that match made it worth every penny watching that one. Um, it was really good. Well, I'm um, glad I talked into it. Honestly, that's probably my match of the year. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was all you, Wade. It, it was all you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was worried but, you were um, going to have yeah, regrets. That, uh, that's it, why I'm not trying to sell, you know, it is not my job. I think it's a job of, you know, some people on YouTube, like promote, promote the product you're touting and then maybe you'll get, you know, perks or whatever. I, that's not where I come from journalistically. It's not my job to endorse or, or encourage people to support a product, even though obviously good products deserve support if you're a wrestling fan. But I did genuinely feel like you, you because the hype wasn't great, you might miss out on a show and regret it. And that's why I kind of like pitched the show to you last week. I'm like, just realize what you might be skipping uh, because the TV didn't, didn't you know, spark uh, you to, to be super inspired about it. Yeah. And, and you know, you may be thinking something, this isn't what I called to talk about, but uh, in the all out uh media scrum tony khan he he said somebody asked him about the build to his shows and his answer was essentially like we don't really need a build because our pay-per-views are so great <laughs> and so i think that kind of had me a little sour to, to still thinking about that like uh, interesting what yeah. are you talking about like yeah you may have yeah you may have good pay-per-views but i mean you can always do better everyone can always do better at everything you know so um but yeah, it, it was worth it. And uh, honestly, like my my top three of the year right now would probably be Danielson versus Saber Junior. And then I like the Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn match. And then I also like Danielson versus MJF. So those, those yeah. are, it was just one of the best matches of the year by far. So um, there but, uh, there yeah. are so many James. I, I'll pause I, I you for one. To talk a little oh, bit, James. I'll pause you for one sec. Dan, I there are so Go many ahead. more match of the year contenders now than there used to be oh, it's unbelievable. decades yep. ago like it used to be everyone would agree there were like four really good matches a year <laughs> that everybody yep. got to see and you would just choose which one and the list is so it's it's almost unwieldy how i mean people today don't i don't i just don't think they'll get in there there was actually kind of something about 
you know, back in the day, wrestling news was like an archaeological dig coming up with anything. Yeah. And now it's, oh, yeah. it's like you're in a booth where they just are spraying money your way and you're just grabbing all the dollars you can. Like it's just every, there's so much going on and so many wrestlers doing interviews and promoters talking and fan access. And it's, it's, it's different and it's great. Same thing with like matches. There's great matches everywhere. It's hard to even watch all of them. And, and, you know, match of the year used to be a much easier decision, but it made wrestling a lot less uh, for fans, uh, you know, full of just, amazing high caliber wrestling and this is i mean i'm not saying like this year is the best year ever i'm just saying it has increasingly gotten better and more dense and it sounds like you're nodding along with me for the lead on that uh yeah absolutely yeah i uh you know it's 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 really difficult to keep up with but that's that's an embarrassment of riches that's something that you want uh i'm still i'm still in that ftr uh uh Mm. james camp myself i i just uh you know, but but those are all great choices it, that James mentioned. It just comes down to personal taste. Like there's people who just the the I know some people who Danielson and Zack Saber wasn't their thing. You know, that's just watching a bunch of pretend submission holds uh, with guys rolling around the ring doesn't do it for them because and not that they're being snobs about it. It's just it's hard for them to get into it because when when you know wrestling isn't real, you want to see high impact, fast movement, high spots. There's people who are just right. conditioned for that. And then there's other people where that will be the greatest match they have ever seen. And yeah. so I yeah. use that as yeah. actually a That's good example. Right. It's amazing. And, the, and those guys are amazing. And uh, um, it is partially, you know, I don't want to say, to say you have to be educated to it sounds a little snobbish, yeah. but it's kind of true, actually, because, you know, I mean, I've been watching wrestling enough that, that the holds were at one point a much bigger deal than they are now. And so it's easier to appreciate that when. Yeah. And then those are the two, you know, the two best of the generation of not ever to do it. Um, like Kurt so, Angle you know, got I, over the ankle lock as a submission, yeah. and submissions other than Flyers Figure Four and sleeper holds were not over. Like there weren't tap outs, and it just we're in such a different place now. But what my point in in bringing up Danielson Zack Saber is is a perfect example of, but it's the extreme case of how it, it comes down to personal taste. Like I really like great tag team matches. Um, uh, and I'm kind of like Jim Ross when I know who the legal man is in the ring most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I like that kind of tag match, and FTR are with me on that in terms of you know the, the structure of it. That that gets me that that those tend to be my favorite matches when they're done on a really high end. But that doesn't mean I exclude any style from from that. But some people, it's got to be that singles match. It's got to be at a stadium at a WrestleMania. That ex- it has to be the culmination of a storyline with main event wrestlers in the company that they like for it to be a match of the year. And I get that. And it's just, when it comes down to what the match of the year is, it is so subjective now because there can't be a consensus because there's so many different styles in so many different places. Great matches are happening. Absolutely. Yeah. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk. Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly pro wrestling boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. Hi, James. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, wait. Oh, go ahead. Wait, I, I, I looked up a list of like uh, just like contenders. Yes. Um, and there's probably like 20 to 35 star matches 
on that list. <laughs> this was just chatting with my buddy the other night. He he likes the Jay and Juice uh, versus FTR match too. And for me, there was just the the commercial breaks is what was the kicker with that sure. one to me. But it was still a really good match too. And it, it's just a good time to be a wrestling fan. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Go ahead, Jim. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I just got to bring up the Young Bucks, as I like to do, because I, I like to um, hate on the dumb bucks. But uh, <laughs> no, really, uh, the, um, the at the pay-per-view, they win this match uh, to challenge FTR for the fourth match. Um, and so the stipulation was it's a match at any time of their choosing. So I'm hoping beyond a shadow of doubt that the Young Bucks are able to cut a promo on FTR to tell when the time of their choosing is going to be. I'm guessing it's probably full gear, you know, but I swear if the Young Bucks cut a promo for more than three minutes, I will be calling. I don't care if they talk about like how great apple cider is. Like I will still be praising them for trying. So, um, and (laughs) You know, but the honestly, it's like a match where if they decided they wanted to make this match at all in next year and do like the year long build on it, they could if <laughs> the young books would just really try on it, you know. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I'm I, I don't know if it's really a question you guys may have comments on it, but you know, well, I'm just really hoping the young books have something to say to FTR. Yeah. This calls for a serious promo and it, it shouldn't be a money in the bank type thing you're right they should call their shot and they should they should treat it as they just lost to the ftr and they want their their comeuppance so they need to yeah they need to they need to put on their serious face and treat it the right way i agree with you james yeah i'm, I'm yeah, curious when the they worst fear oh god yeah it go gets ahead. announced on twitter oh god <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Um, let's hope that stays your worst fear because that's not a bad life. Um, but I, no, I get what you're saying. The, the Bucks should absolutely, there should be some layers to this and it isn't just, it's going to be a great match and, you know, we've had a few matches and you've loved them. Now we're going to have another one. Like, yeah, let's, let's step up. And, and that's a big part of being a top star on a, on a weekly cable series on a, a national televised show is stepping up and getting better at areas where you're weak and the Bucks and Kenny, in particular, have not been uh, taking that that slice of things seriously for years. So this is a situation, James. You're you're calling them out and saying, let's let's put some thought into it, and 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 impress me with with how you lay this out, and um, you know make people want to see the match who aren't thrilled about it. I, I shouldn't say not thrilled. That's the wrong term. People who aren't already looking forward to it and highly anticipating it. Get them. You know, bring them aboard because of what you say about it. You know, pull people in. Who aren't sure why they should care as much as some other fans do yeah exactly and the the last match i was just so down on those back and forth and the way that matt and nick came across and um uh, and like uh, you know we had long discussions about it about how i don't can't recall an entire time in this entire company's existence where they cut a promo you know and i just want to see them try like i I don't think that's much to ask to just ask somebody to try at something they should be doing anyway. So, um, yeah. so yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, cool. um, 
the uh, final thing I wanted to bring up, um, and I, I is um, oh, the world title contention. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Jay White versus uh, MJF. It sh- should be a good match. I will say I'm somebody who has not followed Jay White very much in all of his time in uh, New Japan and everything. So besides like like we mentioned before the FTR match, um, I, I really feel like he has to prove some things to me, uh, especially character wise. Um, I'm just I don't feel like I get into his promos very much, uh, like I do when, especially when MJF was a heel, but MJF still, you know, I feel like I know who he is. So I'd like to see Jay White prove himself, but, um, I'm looking forward to it because I think it's going to be good. And, uh, no matter what happens, I would really like to see Swerve Strickland get into that spot because he has really won me over lately. Um, and I just love everything that he's doing <clears throat> and I was not a fan of him in the first place. So, yeah, uh, but, uh, the world title picture is looking better in my opinion. And I hope it kind of starts taking a serious route, uh, now that we're past the Adam Cole stuff, hopefully for now. Well, uh, James has Jay White impressed you so far. Cause I mean, I'm not, I'm not denying that they could do more to, introduce him to people like you who aren't familiar with his work um there you know sean radican wrote about this like there's there's a lot you can say about jay white there are layers to his character that aw hasn't 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 even touched on but i also think he's one of those people who just you look at him you're like oh i gotta it's like dean ambrose had that and now john moxley like i gotta listen to what this guy's saying because there is a, a charisma and a cadence and mannerisms that just grab hold there's a self-confidence that he has but in a way that isn't that that's uncommon um in the way that he expresses himself and i i, I mean are you won over a little bit are you won over somewhat just based on what he's done including tonight on dynamite um i, I think i'm very neutral on him still and it's because he blends in in a company full of people that are a lot like him so you know it just I don't feel like he does anything that really makes him stand out among all the others people like for example I personally I think Darby Allen cuts a better promo than he does uh just, just from what I've seen um so you know I, I just James, want to see him James, do something that makes him stand out a little more can I ask you something James sorry did, were you saying you, something? yeah I wanted to ask you yeah. um how did you watch collision from the beginning uh, or, or more recently, or how often do you watch Collision? Uh, so, since college football season started, uh, not so much. I'll watch the replays when there's something good sure. on. Uh, but I, I, I definitely did watch it from the beginning okay. up until when okay. college football started. Okay, well, that's where I thought he was at his best when, when it was kind of a punk exclusive show, and they felt like they had to give Jay a little more space. And at first, it was just him and then him and juice and then him and juice and the guns i thought he had been better on that show slightly like a half step better than he's been on dynamite although i i guess i i think more highly of what he's done on dynamite than you have but yeah um that that's why i was asking how would you uh rank him versus someone like ricky starks i prefer him to pretty much anybody so (laughs) uh so i I think he's at a higher level than ricky starks i think i think Ricky Starks has that little bit of the 
it's going to sound bad, but like the imitation rock thing going for him, that it just doesn't, it, to me, it's not main event, serious world champion wrestler. And again, I'm biased because I've seen a lot of Jay in New Japan where I thought he just phenomenal. Uh, but I see him as main event world champion guy. And I don't think tonight was, I'll say this, I was going to bring this up earlier, both for Jay and for MJF. I think part of the reason that segment was good, but not as good as it could have been is there'd been too much talking on the show before that. Mm -hmm. And so they were battling, uh, an audience that was probably subconsciously getting a little tired of that stuff because I was frankly. Uh, so there you go. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Did you know we also have a website? PWTorch.com. Daily news updates, editorials, and my live TV coverage covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown, and my live pay-per-view coverage for WWE and AEW. Create a tab or bookmark, make it a daily stop, visit us throughout the day every day to keep up on breaking news and more. That's PWTorch.com. Uh, Dan, is there someone that Jay White reminds you of in wrestling history in terms of his his? I was going to say unique charisma, but then that's not you can't. It's harder to compare someone who's unique. Right. But, but uh, yeah, who who jumps out that he he would you would go? You know what? If you're going to watch someone from the past who had who had that it factor in a way that reminds me of Jay White, who would it be? Let me give that a little bit of thought. Um, and and I'd say that because Ricky Starks and LA Knight compared to Rock and Steve Austin, like understandably so um and there's to me jay white might not be obviously comparable to anybody and that's like darby like, is that... be- like maybe a better version of dick slater I- i'm just like that serious yeah. but ch- charismatic unpredictable um but that that's just my immediate yeah. respect it, that's a tough one yeah. um but but yeah, uh, like I, I, Gino Hernandez came to mind, but I, I it yeah. didn't it didn't like hit me as like oh yeah that's a great comparison like I just because part of I think what makes you know like Stone Cold Steve Austin there's nobody like him you know what I mean like he was a new brand of wrestler that then led to imitation Sonny Siaki and <laughs> uh, Mr Anderson yeah. and you know whatever people doing doing offshoots of him. Jay White is, is really unique in that way. I, I'm a big fan of Ricky Starks, but Jay White is next level, both in the ring and on the mic. And I think James will see that as AEW um, features him more, especially now that he's not just on collision. Yeah, and I'm 100% ready to be won over by him. I'm, I'm, just, I'm yeah. not down on it at all. You know, but again, I am somebody who does not watch New Japan. I had never seen a single bit of him until he showed up in AEW. And so I'm I'm just ready for to see what everybody tells me I should be seeing. <laughs> well, you're the target market for growth. And yeah, unfortunately AEW pretends people like you don't exist. Um and their echo chamber um doesn't help in that regard. But um yeah, it would be uh it would behoove them to to uh make sure that it's not just um, you know, watching you'll find out uh, is, is good, but sometimes you want to frame someone pretty early on uh, what they're all about. I think Adam Copeland's different. Like Adam, everybody knows who Adam Copeland is. Like you don't need to go. Let's tell you who this guy is. Like that's ridiculous because um, he's coming from WWE and, and has been you know a mainstay with a break. Um, so that's sort of contradictory. But yeah, a, a featured player for for thirty years. Yeah, yeah. I'm really thinking about this question, Wayne, and I may <laughs> give a bad answer. But I want to ask your opinion on this. AWA Kurt Henning a little bit maybe yeah I see that I see uh cool Kurt Henning the yeah th- there's 
a, a confidence, a bravado. Um, I could see Jay White spitting out his gum and slapping it aside. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's like there. Yeah, I think that's I think that's actually uh, a pretty good. Actually, you triggered uh, late AWA era Larry Zabisco. Um, yeah, there's there's you know there's a rhythm and a cadence and to what he said that uh, that reminds me of of Jay White. So maybe a little bit of Larry, a little bit of Kurt. There we go. Okay, we're getting somewhere. Um, yeah, there's there's somebody else out there we'll think of, and you'll you'll like DM me tomorrow on that. <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> uh, James, anything else for us? Um, do, do you have more callers, or uh, can I bring up something else? Oh, bring up something else. You're doing good. What What did you guys think of that Adam Cole segment? Because I, I've kind of been a little higher on those segments in the past, but that one just. Oh my God! I thought he was a total goofball, and then the sound issues in the beginning did not help because all I was able to see was his goofy facial expressions through the whole thing. And then when I see it the right way, I'm like, "Oh man!" Now, like, I'm not sure about this, and like, I, I can just feel Todd Martin's wrath from anywhere you yeah. are in the world mm-hmm. as he's yeah. watching that. If you if you uh, listen to the fix, you're thinking of Todd watching that. And 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 uh, being like, man, maybe he was really onto something because this is some god awful uh, television. Uh, that's what I thought. I uh, just, yeah, I, I I thought it was one of the worst things I've seen on television all year. And they certainly didn't need to play it twice. I don't care if they they yeah. should have cut their losses and said, hey, you know, mm-hmm. how does this make air in the first place? I, I didn't. I think some people found it humorous. I didn't. I, I just. I did. I. It's just. Well, I don't know. I hated it. There you go. I hated it. That's one of the things I hated about the show. I, I am a fan of Roderick Strong's character. Um, I am open to aspects of of Taven and Bennett as an act, although it, it gets a little. T- it sometimes feels a little too clubhousey, like you know, the best friends, where it's just like, hey, we're just aren't we just the most precious, special, uh, irreverent characters. Um, and they're just a little too pleased with themselves sometimes when when I don't think there's there's enough there to justify that. That I guess that'd be the way I phrase it. But I'm open to them working. Like I'm I'm a like Juice Robinson. I'm totally into right now. Like I love his character. I love and Austin Gunn is great. And then Colton being kind of more of the the, the normal big brother, uh, taller brother. Um, I, I I enjoy the dynamic of them. And I think Juice is like he's not meant to be a serious act, but he's not. I don't know. There's just something he's in a different category. Um, Adam Cole, I think, is turning into a cult figure with a personality that he did not have before that ultimately is going to limit how seriously anyone can ever take him. So he went from sort of a top guy who's bland and didn't catch fire in the way that people thought when he came out of NXT as a big signing. And people are like, what's wrong with Adam Cole? What's wrong with Adam Cole? And now they're not saying that in the same way. But I just don't think what he's doing, he's doing well. And I think he's doing, he's coming across too corny and, and, and he just seems like a flake, um, you know, with, with the exaggerated facial expressions along the lines and of bringing the world champion with him. Yeah. And, and like, it, it, it's reminding me of, of the, the low point of DX when Triple H and Shawn Michaels were middle aged and not funny. But boy, did they, did they think their, their zany, you know, three. It's not. It's insulting to three Stooges to say that. Um, whatever that zany stuff was when they're in the WWE cafeteria and Michaels would, you know, preen for the. It's just 
that that was just low. It was just it wasn't low. It was just awful. And so, but Roderick Strong almost saves these for me because he's so deadpan effective in playing it straight. But I also want if you're gonna do comedy sketch comedy, hire sketch comedy writers who are gonna go like you know like actually make them better. Um, there is an amateur hour aspect to this, and and maybe there's an answer to this, but. Why did Adam Cole, with a broken ankle, agree to move? <laughs> it sounds so stupid. Agree to move Roderick Strong's furniture for him when Matt Taven and Mike Bennett are able-bodied and right there. Like, it's not like Adam Cole lost a bet and he had to be his, his butler or slave for a day. Like, what was the story? Like, I don't even understand what why Cole felt he needed to do that. It doesn't fit the story. Any either of you have an answer for that? Yeah, uh, uh, well, your, uh, uh, Dan, go ahead. I'll uh, you try first. Well, okay. This entire stuff to me, and I get Todd's criticisms of the MJF Cole stuff. I do because it's kind of and it is kind of bringing the world champion down at this point to some degree. But it, I find it entertaining, and I at least think there it's over the top, but it's usually funny. Like to me, this is a horrible imitation of that stuff. And the stuff with with Cole and MJF is somewhat based on a realistic story that then goes several derivatives beyond that. But at least there's a base there. Like this just seems like just goofy, made up, based on nothing. I think it's stupid. I I just I I really dislike it. And I'm like, you know, they went over time so they could show that twice. I mean. I really, I was like, boy, you should be glad that nobody could hear it the first time and just cut <laughs> it. I, I, I'll, I just, I don't see it, and I know some people like it, but they did silly crap after silly crap on that show. Too many skits in isolation. Maybe one of them's fine, but it was way too much for me. And and you know, Wade, I usually watch this show a little bit on delay. Yeah. Like maybe I'll go to dinner. I'll come home at eight thirty or seven thirty. And I'll start watching, and by the end of the show, I'm caught up. So the stuff I don't want to see, I zip through it. But I'm I'm devoted to the cause here, man. I'm watching from start to finish and sitting through the commercials, and so maybe that's why I'm in a grouchy mood. But I was just like, <laughs> there, there's some nonsense on this show, and they need an editor. They need somebody to say, this stuff is not national TV ready to go, and it needs to be cut. And I strongly feel that way about that particular skit tonight. Yeah, I mean... The, the 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 facial expressions from Adam Cole looked like he was trying to entertain a three-year-old, but the six and seven-year-olds would have said, "This is too juvenile for me." Mm-hmm. And and in uh, in you know the level of how pleased they are with themselves when when they do this stuff, um, it's just too much. And then and then like why you know the the number of cameras that are present and all the post production it's just yeah it just feels anyway this is one of the few shows that i've watched of aew and i've had a few of these with wwe over the years where i'm like if somebody walked in on me watching this <laughs> i'd be like man i'm sorry it's usually not this bad i i, I i'm embarrassed to be watching this I, that's the way i felt i and it and 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 adam copeland helped save the show and uh there were a couple other you know there were some good good parts to the show don Callis was don Callis. he did a good job but there were some bad parts of this show, and that is is number one on my list. Yeah. All right, uh, James, uh, anything you want to wrap up with? Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, Dan, I'm a lot like you. You know, um, I I personally think it's funny, but like, I think Todd Martin probably thinks it's funny too. But the points that he's making are yeah. very valid, and mm-hmm. the person who's losing in all of this is MJF. I know he yep. was uh, complaining that he was ranked six on the PWI 500, and how. Uh, Vikingo was ranked above him and he's saying well who had a better Ironman match than me and all these other things and it's like well this is a big (laughs) part of why you were not ranked higher man like you know MJF is probably still my favorite wrestler in the world right now but he's just getting defined down um, and so uh, yeah that's all I really want to say on that Um, I, I I uh I guess I'll just leave it. Oh, I had something else, but uh, if I think of it, I'll email it to you, Wade. But right. um, I appreciate you guys having me on. Oh, I remember what I wanted to say real quick. Uh, I listened to the roundtable after the pay-per-view, and I'm very proud of you, Wade, for deciding to go with five stars on the Danielson <laughs> match. Yep. <laughs> I, 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 when was the last time you gave five stars to a match? I don't I don't remember and I was actually going to going to look that up. Um but yeah, when you said there's been like, you know, 35 five-star matches this year, I'm like no there haven't been. That there there should not be that many. I mean, there are more great matches than ever. There should be more five-star matches now than there used to be, but um the idea that there's that many. I I just I think I think four and three quarters should be the highest rated that anything gets. Sort of like everybody get the best rate grade you can get in high school is an A. There aren't A pluses. Like so to me, like five stars is like breaking the scale of four and three quarter being uh, a shoe and match of the year contender. Um, but you know, it, but again, who's t- it's it's not my job to make the rules. I'm just saying that if 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 I were in charge, that would be the rule. <laughs> um, there wouldn't be that many five star matches, but four and three quarters would be yeah. the uh, basically the highest compliment you can pay a match short of everything came together perfectly. And this is it's a designation that says for its era, this stood out above, um, above all the other great matches. Cause so many things came together and I was at four and seven ace basically, but that's not a legit rating. Um, and I did, uh, did end up leaning, you know, uh, tilting to five um, when I kind of thought through the, the, the pros and cons of it, but it's a good debate to have, you know, is it so anyway, well, and it's great. You have your own rules, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, no, if, I, mean, if you find that, I would really be interested in you saying, uh, you say that again, James. Sorry. Oh, I was just going. To, I was just saying, if you find uh, what what you oh, what your it, last yeah. five star match was, uh, yep. I, I, yeah, I'd definitely be interested in hearing that. But I'll take it off the air. You guys have a great night. Uh, go ahead, go VIP everybody, and uh, talk to you again soon. Great, thanks, Thank Appreciate you, James. It. Yep, Thank good you, talk. James. Good talk, yeah. James. Are you a nostalgic wrestling fan? Do you want to hear about shows you haven't seen in 10, 20, maybe even 30 years? Well, I have the show for you. I'm PWTorch.com contributor Frank Bediani, and since December of 2020, I've hosted Pro Wrestling Then and Now. Together with a rotating chair of co-hosts, we go back and review old shows from top to bottom, talk about where the wrestlers were at the time, and compare what's taking place now to what took place then. You can hear this, along with other shows, as part of your PWTorch VIP membership with exclusive podcasts just for members compatible with the Apple Podcast app. Visit pwtorch.com slash go VIP for details and sign up for them. All right, number 347-215-1111. 
888-528-8558. Give us a call. When you call, push 1 if you want to be brought on to the program as part of the conversation. Uh, up next, we will go to uh, Keith in Virginia, and then Bryant in Boston is on deck. Uh, Keith, thanks for calling. What's in your mind about Dynamite tonight? Okay. Um, you guys are having a great show. I just wanted to say that. And um, Thank you. Before I, I got too... Before I got too deep into it, um, I'm having some phone issues I didn't uh, plan on. So bear with me if it's a problem. Um, we'll blame it on TBS. But I guess what I want. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call an audible right there and say that was awful. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's no reason for that to be happening. Four years. On your four-year anniversary, if it's... <laughs> If it's TBS's fault, it can't be because they know how to do audio. I mean, they do the NBA, they do, you know, other sports. Why are they having such problems? Is this, does he have the same policy um, for the audio people that he does for the wrestlers that he can't fire anybody because, you know, it's just their family and, you know, bad audio people just have to, you just have to stick with them. I don't know, but that was inexcusable. If you look at quarter hours and how many people tune out during a, a commercial break, mm-hmm. I wonder how many people tuned out and they couldn't hear that segment. They probably lost. I can't even. I don't even know how many people they probably lost during that. No. Um, but anyway. No, that's an excellent point, though, Keith. That that is an excellent point, uh, and, and 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 those are critical errors that they cannot afford, especially. They're trying to have the best audience they can next Tuesday. And there are going to be people, if you turn that on at first and you see that, you're not coming back. I mean, I thought maybe it was like really tongue-in-cheek and they were going to bring Dark Order out and start punching the mat uh, five feet from somebody's face to like show to some of the worst things they've ever had on on the TV. But uh, anyway, but go ahead. I'm sorry. But yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And, and how many people saw them playing it again and was just like I don't want to see this again I, I don't want to see it you know the first time you lost me and now you're showing the whole thing again no no thanks <laughs> yeah. but what, what I guess I wanted to say was I, I was trying to figure out how to put into words what I think is going wrong with this company um, and I, the, the closest thing I can come to is uh, the, the computer market like you have Apple who's the market leader and they are the the biggest company, but they don't sell nearly as many PCs as there are on the market, but they know what they do. They don't compromise on their strategy and they go at it 100%. And that's why they're number one. Whereas AEW, if you, you know, if you if you're just coming into it and you're looking at what the approaches they're taking on certain things, it, it doesn't seem ridiculous at first. You think, hey, let's keep an open mind and see what people react to, and we'll see what they like, and we'll you know try to go with it, or you know trying to have a a vague strategy, but it's not working because they're doing too many things that please a niche. And because of that, they don't have the the strong one thing that they do so well that people have to come to them, which is why next week NXT is going to destroy them. 
because even though they have edge wrestling and they have Daniel Bryan wrestling and, you know, some other big stars, they're still going to get beaten because we've seen all those people wrestle before. They don't, we've seen that on the other show. And I'm not saying you shouldn't bring in anybody from another company, but between that and the bad comedy, um, that market is already locked up. Everybody who watches this and likes that stuff has seen it already. The people that you need to put you over the top or bring new eyeballs, you, you lost them because you're chasing something that somebody else is already better at. I know that's not a question, but <laughs> no, but it's a good, it's a good, it's a good statement. And and I would, what it sounds to me like what you're saying, and what I'm nodding along with a lot of what you're saying is, they need more of a mission statement, and they need to pick a lane and go with it a lot better than they have. That there's not enough consistency on that show. And tonight's show again to me, a lot of it was really disappointing because there was just too much of that nonsense that I don't particularly care for. Uh, and, and, and I feel like that, that it shouldn't be that hard and yeah, they had to feel themselves out. You're right. At first they were trying to discover themselves, but there it's four years. You need to have a relatively consistent product that, that people know what to expect. And I, I thought this thing tonight, there were things that were just all over the map and some of it was again, not ready for national TV, not just the audio issues. I don't know if that is steering what you're saying or not, but that, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's pretty much, you know, what I'm saying with that. And if their approach was going to be to cater to a very, very niche, hardcore audience and go all in on that, okay, you may agree or disagree with that, but go as hard as you possibly can in that direction and don't skimp on the you know, the, the, the details and the work that you put into going in that direction. They, you yeah. know, matches like Zach, yeah. Zach Sabre Jr. versus Daniel Bryan, do that, do it well, promote it as hard as you can, and don't go for this other silly stuff. You're going to have people who are like, well, this isn't my cup of tea, but it's your cup of tea. Sell mm -hmm. it. But instead, they do too much other stuff. Like, that was one of my favorite things on the show because I've never seen anything like it. Um, I, I knew things like that existed, but you know, this is the first time I sat there and paid attention and it was like, wow, okay, why don't we have more stuff like this? And there was no story behind There's no story. Yeah. But, but I didn't care because it was so unique. But anyway, that's pretty much all I had to say. All right. Thanks, Keith. Uh, good contribution. Thanks. I, yep, you bet. Yeah, I think you know one of the criticisms of, of uh, AEW or um, TNA over the years is they just did, they were trying to be all things to all people and it didn't differentiate them in the marketplace. And if you can't have the highest production values and the biggest crowds and the biggest superstars, capital S, you know, you've got to give your fan base some, a point of pride in being AEW fans. And Tony Khan would say, well, we have the best pay-per-views. And, you know, I remember Dixie Carter when I asked her, what, what do you want TNA fans who watch your show to tell WWE fans is the reason they watch TNA and not WWE or like TNA better if they watch both? And she goes, oh, we have the best wrestling. And it was out of touch because WWE at that time actually was having better matches more consistently than TNA. It, it, they had improved. It, was a, it showed that she was kind of out of touch, that that was an actual uh, adva a market advantage uh, to have. And 
you know, WWE has a lot of really good wrestling right now. It's 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 WWE style, you know. I mean, right. there's some variation, but you know, it's it's so AEW has more diversity to their style. But it it in and of itself, having great pay per views with great matches, if you don't have the backstories and it doesn't feel like you know they're big stars and you don't have this niche that's that you hang your hat on that makes you proud. So I'd be curious what kind of Tony's answer would be to that similar question, and and you know he might say, well, we have the best pay per views, <laughs> and that might be it. Thanks for downloading today's show. Take it to the next level with a VIP membership. Get shows like this, the Wade Keller Processing Podcast, Wade Keller Processing Post Show, and the PW Torch Daily Casts on our PW Torch VIP podcast feed with ads and plugs removed from the shows for a streamlined listening experience. And also hear the VIP exclusive shows that I host with Rich Fan and Todd Martin. Everything with Rich Fan and The Fix with Todd Martin's signature VIP series that you're missing out without a VIP membership. So go VIP here in 2022 and enjoy all the benefits all the bonus content, and the ad-free listening experience. pwtorch.com slash govip. But what do you think it would be, Dan, that Tony would say they do better or makes gives them the advantage over WWE for a big potential, for, for among the pool of potential fans, what is AEW's strength? Yeah, I mean, I don't know whether he would verbalize it this way, but what you said, there's more, there's more high-quality wrestling at... That is, um, and I, I, I'm not saying they shouldn't do this, that there is a variety of, of high quality wrestling. Like they have the Lucha Brothers and then they have Zack Sabre and, and, and Brian Danielson. Um, that's something to hang your hat on. That part is great, but I think there needs to be a little bit more of a seriousness at least and, and maybe I'm overreacting to tonight's show but more of a consistent serious narrative uh that that is based more on a sports-like presentation than than and, and more what I thought we would get out of AEW than what I'm seeing on this uh program tonight but no I think he would say that and I would I would agree I I I, I again I prefer the variety of great wrestling in AEW to what you see in WWE myself. Um, and, and I think that is a strength in, in, in the variety types of tag matches and, and, and different types of singles matches and all that. Um, so I think that is, even if it may not, you know, ring as like the most strong advantage, I would say that he can honestly say that and believe it. Yeah. All right. Uh, very good. Let's uh, go to, as uh, promised, Bryant in Boston next, and then we've got our inside correspondent on hold. Uh, Bryant, we, we'll keep this a little brief just because we do have Ted holding on uh, now. He has called in, but I want to get to you. I don't want to leave you waiting any longer. What's on your mind about tonight's show? Well, I have to, I have to agree that that segment with uh, Cole and Roderick Strong in the Kingdom was crappy i don't know why they played that again that's one of those things where the audio being an issue is a blessing in disguise <laughs> yeah. but i i mean but you know there really is no excuse for these audio issues happening i don't know if it's tbs or or whatever but you, you know i i disagree i forget who it was it, it was I think it was Keith who said uh, TBS knows what they're doing. Uh, no, they don't. If he actually bothered to look at history, he would know that that's not the case because I remember once 
back when it was on TNT, they were they were playing the audio of an NBA playoff game for like 15 minutes during right. a match. So no, they don't always know what they're doing. That's incorrect. Well, but I think his point but, was, um, I, I, let me just say, I think his point was I watch the NCAA tournament on the Turner networks and CBS. This never happens. I don't think it ever happens on their NBA telecasts. So I think his point was they, sh- they have proven to be capable of putting on a professional broadcast if either they care enough or they have a different set of people doing it, right? right? I mean, I don't know of these kind of errors happening on a NBA broadcast, and I've watched a lot of college basketball on the Turner Networks, and I've never seen this type of inexcusable error. So I, I think that was his bigger point. And I, I'll, I'll interject this fact, Bryant, uh, real quick. The international feed... Did that that went out outside the United States for people to watch live did not have that audio problem, um, and the feed was sent out not to TBS. It, it bypassed TBS, so it does seem like there is something to Excalibur throwing TBS under the bus <laughs> um, because the international feed did not have that problem. They deserve to be, yeah, yeah. They, they deserve to be, and my counter to that argument with the college football and stuff. Do you watch TBS twenty four seven? I don't think so. So you can't say that they do it all the time, that they're good all the time. So not unless you're like religiously watching it 24 seven. But anyway, um, I, I, I will say that I think Jay White should win the title at, uh, at full gear for, for a couple of reasons. One white is, White is a, a good combination of serious yet having a little bit of humor, but not taking it too far, like that ridiculous Cole Kingman segment. Because the only thing I was thinking about when uh, that segment was airing, besides the fact of how awful it was, was that was that uh, Matt Taven's Matt Taven's face looks a little bit like Kenny Omega's, but anyway. <laughs> Um, but you know, as Todd Martin said, um, I think verbatim that, uh, MJF's instincts as a top guy suck and he's right. They do. And it's been, it, when full gear comes up, it will be coming on a full year as champion. And like the ratings, he's not acting the way a champion should or presenting as he should. He just too much tongue in cheek. And I think white, should be the guy to take it off him because he's got a good thing going bullet club gold. And, uh, that, uh, I, I think white should be the guy to take it from because MJF's MJF's reign. You've about squeezed as much juice as you can from that orange. And, and I think MJF can then just be free to do what he wants to do without the context of him being world champion leading to amplified criticism. Like if MJF was doing this as a third or fourth from the top feud, I think there'd be less criticism of it. Even for people who don't like it at all, you'd still not like it, but you'd be like, well, at least it's not the world champion program. But I think the the idea that MJF is supposed to be the top representative of this brand and he's doing this stuff, um, which again, there's been aspects that have been, clever and funny and endearing and successful at at getting crowd responses but when it's your world title program i you know, I, I think you have to look at it in a different light you know i mean it's just it's the meal you expect at fast casual versus a really high-end restaurant you just you, you you're gonna have higher expectations if you're paying two and a half times as much for for a burger 
Um, and I think the world champion, there's a certain like sort of dignity that you want in that program uh, that this program is not concerned with, you know, the, 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 the feud. They're not concerned with dignity. They're concerned with zaniness and um, in cult-like crowd chants for kangaroo kicks and, and uh, double clotheslines, which is, again, I, I, I would, and that I'm not like, I'm not on either extreme of, of, of enjoying or hating these skits. There's aspects of it I would dial down, and I think it's going to hurt Adam Cole. But, um, but I don't think Adam Cole's in a great spot to begin with. So it's not like, you know, it's not like Jay White's doing this. Can you imagine? You'd be like, my God, they ruined him. Um, so, yeah, just if, if – so my, my point in this is, yeah, I'd make, I, I think Jay White should be champion. I think AEW is, is in a lull viewership-wise. Um, NXT last night outdrew yes. – Dynamite, uh, the Dynamite viewership from last Wednesday. Um, there's a very good chance last night's NXT show will beat this tonight's viewership. Um, and they're going head-to-head head next Tuesday. they keep front-loading it with main roster stars, I might hey, add. I'm not, I, I'm not saying it's a fair fight or an unfair fight. I'm saying AEW used to have a big advantage even when, even when they were head-to-head. Head, um, and WWE was throwing some big names on there, too. So, you know, I mean... I, I just think it's time for for something fresh, and it and it might yes. free up MJF to you know expand his creativity in a different way than we've seen that without the sort of the burden of uh, of being the world champion and, and facing criticism that he probably just thinks hey just enjoy what I'm doing. Um, well, people will be more apt to enjoy it if it's if it's not besmirching um, what a world champion program should be like. Uh, Dan, any thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're all in agreement. I'd like to see Jay White win the title. I'll say the one thing about this program that it's fine in a vacuum, but they steal the belt way too much. Um, it just, it's, uh, it's just, I think they just did it a few weeks ago. I mean, it's like, uh, but it's, it's not a big criticism, but I wish they wouldn't have done it just because they do it all the time. But I, I agree with Brian. I think that, that, okay, MJF say he loses the belt to Jay. Maybe he, I don't know, it might seem odd for him not to be focused on the belt right away, but if he wants to go do goofy stuff for a little while, then maybe he can get more serious and refocus and come back and try to win the belt back uh, as a more serious character. That could be kind of a reframing of his that I think would eventually be better for him and for the product, and he is good at the comedy. If he wants to do that from time to time, as as Wade mentioned, in in a different position on the card, fine. But yeah, the, the, it's it's there was a lot. It's just what I wrote down. Like it's just it's not that any. Well, again, the Adam Cole segment tonight I thought was horrible. Usually the stuff I find mildly annoying <laughs> to not liking it, or it's okay. But sometimes, like tonight, it's like it was too much nonsense, mm-hmm. and it was like repeated, repeated, no, repeated. I, and it's I, like it just makes you tired. I'm interested, and we're going to talk to Ted in, in Sacramento in just a moment here, getting his take in the in the building, you know, because T- Tony Khan yeah. was criticized early on for making the shows too aimed at the live audience, and 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 you know, oh, I no just, one's I, gonna no one's gonna throw that out there tonight. <laughs> not I don't tonight, think. yeah. So, and, and I'll tell yeah. you, Wade, I my best one of my best friends is coming to Kansas City next Wednesday, so I'm going up there for his birthday party. I still thought about going to Independence on Tuesday night, and the card looks great. Yeah. Brian Danielson and Swerve, like I'd love to see that match. Yeah. Uh, but I'm like, man, I would I would have been unhappy sitting through that show tonight. Not enough wrestling, not enough seriousness, too much stuff that you watch on the monitor. That is not what you expect in an AEW show. I've been to several of their TV tapings in Independence, and they've not done that. 
longing for some nostalgia? Or maybe you want to learn some wrestling history? Don't miss the 90s Passcast every Friday on the PW Torch DailyCast feed. Alex and Patrick will transport you 30 years into the past by taking you through the Torch issue from that very week. Follow news from the WWF and WCW and all the happenings from across the wrestling industry in real time as the Torch reported it 30 years ago. That's the 90s Passcast every Friday on the PW Torch Daily Cast feed. Uh, Bryce, anything else you want to uh, bring up before we move to our other question? I will say that the AEW world title has not felt important to me since John Moxley lost it at the end of 2020 to Kenny Omega. And perhaps it might have felt more important if CM Punk hadn't gotten in his own way and either injured himself stupidly or anything like that. But, you know, I, as far as WWE goes and NXT, I we saw what their ratings did a couple of weeks ago when they didn't have Becky Lynch on there. It absolutely tanked. They lost like something like almost 200,000 viewers. So the NXT thing to me has limited, has limited impact considering that they're mainly using their, their front, they're, they're front loading it instead of focusing on the talent that's actually there. And I will also note that they're hot now, but hotness does not last in pro wrestling. It will give way eventually, whether that's a year or five years from now, WWE can't stay hot forever. But the last thing I'll note is, uh, then I'll, and then I'll hang up on is, uh, the one thing that NXT does do well is like their ratings went out, went off the roof this, this past Tuesday. And it was mainly focused on the women. And you know, that, ju- and I was reading a, a thing on Twitter in regards to WrestleNomics posting it on there, the rating. And, you know, besides looking at the obvious stupid comments and stuff, but people made the point, you know, that a well-booked woman's show can do well in the ratings. And, you know, looking at Tony Storm and the, the is her gimmick a little bit over the top? Sure. But it's like the best storyline women are good going right now. And, you know, they're in the same, and she was still in the same freaking segment right before, like the, like the same spot of death that the women are usually in. And con they, they need to do something about the women because if NXT can do it and pull in ratings like that, then, BW can too. There's no excuse for it. I'm fed up with it, and they need to start. They, they need to. They need to start uh, doing better on that. So I'll, I'll just end with that. Thanks for the call. And have a good night, guys. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate yeah. it. I was good to hear from you. So uh, Tony Storm, uh, Dan, how are you feeling about uh, timeless Tony Storm? Um, it's it is. I had been enjoying it. Um, I liked some of the backstage. Um, you know vignettes that have been pretty short they 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 went into it further tonight i felt like they skipped some steps i guess like i felt like they were doing a slow build and then they decided to kind of bring the character forward so i was at the time they did the skit with with rj i was like i was sick of the skits <laughs> fair enough so yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to hold be unfair i think generally it's been fairly good i felt like this wasn't the night to do as much of it as they did based on the rest of the show. And it was in the death spot. And when your main event is going to be an interview, 
I'm curious how that draws because I think some people might have been like, okay, well, the wrestling's over. Um, By the way, WWE did a countdown clock when Cody jumped and, and appeared on Raw the first time. They did a Cody countdown clock. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it, it, it was a little much, <laughs> um, yeah. it, but it was a way, I think, for them to test Cody's drawing power and also say, this guy is important. You know, it was a way to tell flag him as important to viewers. I, I They could have done an Adam Copeland countdown clock. Like, you know, he's going to be out here um, yeah. at the end of the show and, and done, you know, because there were, honestly, there were a couple points where I was like, what's the main event going to be tonight? Are they going to, is it going to be, you know, Kenny and Jericho, even with the substitution? And then it was like, oh, right, that's right, Copeland. But I, sh- I shouldn't have to wonder. Like, it's their job to make yeah. sure I do not not know that. <laughs> and it, I don't yeah. even for 10 seconds don't know it. And it's, again, that's not one of AW's strengths. Tony Khan has strengths, and there's a list of weaknesses, too, that I think would, would help round out the quality of the show that by now, um, I think he should be improving it, and he's not. Um, but that's, you know, a topic for another day. Well, and I went into it thinking that you are kind of almost overhyping WWE making that the main event segment. And it was really good. So I'm forgiving of it. I, I, I mean, it, it was good enough that I'm okay with it. But going in, I thought it was a mistake, frankly. Uh, and just to make sure I don't forget to say this, Kyle Fletcher had a really good night. He's like, good. Uh, He's boy, good. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. It was almost like he was doing a little bit of, of being Sammy at times. Yep. And, uh, man, he that was, he was Rich, really, really good. Rich Fenn and I on, on the uh, VIP podcast, Everything with Rich and Wade yesterday, we're, we're talking in response to an email about, like, the four pillars. And then I kind of was like, well, who might be the new four pillars? And I, I wish – I don't think I had said Kyle Fletcher, but I, I wish I had if I didn't. In terms of, like, who are people you pluck from sort of the mid-card who are putting in good performances and say, these are the four projects that a year yeah. from now we want – people talking about them like people were talking about MJF and Darby and Jack Perry and Sammy after a year of AEW. And Kyle Fletcher might might be on that list. It's, it's kind of like over on Ludwig Kaiser in WWE where suddenly they're protecting him because he's good and they've realized he's good and they realize maybe we want to do something more with him. Um, you know, maybe Elena Dragunov uh, maybe, takes maybe, that spot. You know, but. Well, but I mean, as far as this goes, I mean, maybe Don... Because it's like, boy, Don, even for a heel, you're being yep. really jerky. I mean, like, he he, he he acquitted himself really well, and you're so mad at him. Let him feud with Hobbs or whoever. Like, yep. get him in, get him in the game, man, because, boy, he, he answered the call tonight. And I don't know how much notice they had or what, but I, he, he was great. I mean, that, that – and I, I like that match a lot. I thought that, that – there were some good parts of the show – I like getting back to earlier. I know we have the, the correspondent. I like the opening interview. Had they done it after updating us on Sting yeah, and Darby, exactly. Uh, yeah. So yeah. All right, we'll uh, I'll table some additional thoughts I have, and we'll go to uh, Ted in Sacramento. Was kind enough to uh, call us after uh, attending Dynamite and Rampage. Ted, thanks for calling. Welcome to the welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Yeah. So uh, a theme of our conversation leading into bringing you on here, Ted, is. Uh, did it feel during the two hours of Dynamite that there was enough in-ring wrestling for what you wanted and, 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 and getting a sense of the crowd, too? Uh, I, it actually did feel like enough wrestling. There definitely were a lot of talking pigments, and it was frustrating at times that the talking pigments appeared to be pre-taped you know, at some other time. 
so there were times we were all just watching the screen. But I, you know, the the two main matches, you know, really I think brought the crowd in, and they were very focused on it. Yeah, I was looking. At, I was just looking at my report uh, match report here, and there's a 15 minute match at the top of the show, and a 15 minute match rounding. Um, it, right before the edge, seg- the, the Adam Copeland segment, and in between, you had a Wardlow squash and a five or six minute six man tag that maybe got cut because they had to play the Cole video twice um, against basically, you know, almost jobbers in Kip Sabian, Blade, and Butcher. That's like an hour fifteen minute gap where all you got was a squash and a, a quick six man tag. Um, so that's pretty good that you weren't, you know, that you're saying because the bookended matches were good enough. It, it didn't. It well, didn't. well, wait, but wasn't the Kenny match the top of the second hour? Uh, well, no, the the white segment, uh, the the MGF thing ended. Um, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. It was uh, Tony Storm and Sky Blue. Yep, that happened yeah. afterwards. I completely forgot about that match. My my yeah. apologies. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that buffered it. So it wasn't as long of a of a wait in between the matches, but that's the other. That's the only other match on the show was yeah. was that women's match too. Um, which, you know, with all the respect to Sky Blue, it was about Tony Storm. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't us. No one's going to mistake it as a main event. But, uh, Ted, um, yeah, ta- elaborate any more on that if you want. Otherwise, I can right. move on. Yeah. No, it's, it's the Jericho Omega match in the middle that, you know, really brought out back. They were yep. very hot for that match, especially for Kenny Omega. Interesting. Yeah, I was going to ask who got the best crowd responses of the night. Um, anyone above Kenny? Oh yeah, Adam Copeland was by far number one. <laughs> yeah, I figured. Yep. And how about after that? And, after the and, drop, and then and then I would say then MJF was number two. The crowd, you know, eating out of the palm of his hand. That's interesting because on TV, and then Wardlow got a really. On, on t- yeah, on TV with MJF, it, it seemed like he was, you know, asking for a larger response than he got, and it didn't it didn't come across on TV like they were eating out of the palm of his hand at least at the beginning, and and I I was almost like thinking, are is the crowd going to turn against MJF because Juice and the Guns, you know, were tearing apart his you know lack of originality with Tofu and and calling him short, and I was like, are are they actually going to like win over some fans? Um, if this isn't an MJF town, but you're or crowd, but you're saying no in in building MJF was number three. Yeah, in building MJF was very hot, and and the guns and juice were absolutely being booed <laughs> in the in the building. Yep. One way that you can help us sustain our schedule of putting out podcasts throughout the week is by giving us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. Just go to Apple Podcasts and look for our Wade Keller Processing Podcast and Wade Keller Processing Post Show and give us a five-star rating. We hope you think we've earned that score with our fast turnaround times and our quantity and quality of wrestling analysis throughout the week. So take a moment out for us and do us a favor and give us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. That helps us on search returns and helps us grow. And if you want, you can add a few comments about what you like about the programs in the comments section. Thank you so much. I mean, then who who was next? I jumped in when you were mentioning the, the next person. Um, hold on. So it. Um, oh, uh, Wardlow. So I said I, Wardlow. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh. Um. And then Phoenix 
got a big pop as the first baby face during the main um, main show. The crowd, I don't see it, but the crowd loves Billy Gunn. Yep. And, and the crowd loves Tony Storm. Tony I was going to ask. Way over for yeah. that crowd. Yeah, talk about how the Tony Storm it, it, did. The crowd react to her entrance or everything that she did, and were they sort of laughing at her, with her? Like, what was the vibe in the audience compared to other other wrestlers on that show? Did it feel like they were acting to her differently? They did. It, it was a slow start. You know, she came out. The crowd was just kind of perplexed as to what was going on. But as that match moved on, they were absolutely cheering for her very loudly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dan, do you have a question for uh, Ted? Um, trying to think because there weren't that many opportunities to react to the wrestlers themselves. Uh, I guess you mentioned Phoenix being uh, so over, like you know, Nick Jackson, obviously somewhat local. Uh, what was mm-hmm. what was your impressions of the back and forth there amongst the crowd? Well, first off, there is a Northern California, Southern California thing going on. So Nick is <laughs> okay. not local. He's from Southern California. Okay, I apologize. Um, Sorry. And, but, no, no, no. It, it, no need to apologize. But So um, Nick was getting cheered, but Phoenix was definitely getting more cheers. There was back and forth Phoenix, Nick, dueling chant, and the Phoenix chant was much louder than the Nick chant. Interesting. I like that match a lot. I thought that was like just really yeah. dynamic, a really cool state-of-the-art opening match. Um, but as the match progressed, did did the crowd cheer for Ray Phoenix to win, or were they cheering for the match to be great and continue to be great? You know, we got the fight forever chant near the end, um, and you know, holy shit chant after the, that that great cutter off the top rope for near fall by Nick. Um, so, I mean, the crowd was into it, but did they were they kind of into it and rooting for anyone, or did it just turn into popping for spots? I would say it was 50. It was part of each. Yeah. They were definitely just popping for the match in general, but they were also wanted Phoenix to win the match. And Phoenix, cool. at least from my perspective, was doing some really good selling. With heart, you know, like, is he really hurt or not? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. He, Ray is good at celebrating wins. He, I buy in. I think he's like just thinks it's real. Like he, he I love the way he celebrates, um, and uh, and he's really good at selling injuries without. I would say without like hamming it up too much. Like you know, it, it feels believable uh, the way that he sells. You know, he's lifting Nick and then collapsed. It it didn't come across like melodramatic and over the top. Uh, t- t- the, the other just interesting thing about the night is, yeah. you know, it was a small crowd in a small venue. You know, so there were times you were getting distracted by single person cheering, you know, for some cheer because you could hear a one person cheer. Yes. What mm. what did MJF shout by the or what what MJF said? What did you say at one point? And then he didn't didn't actually acknowledge it afterwards. Do you know what that person yelled? Um, I, I, I did hear it and I forgot, so I apologize. 
Yeah. Did did it strike you as something MJF would wish he didn't draw attention to, even if you don't remember specifically what it was? It was just a thing that people cheer at him. And so, you know, I think he definitely was mad at himself for bringing attention to it, but it wasn't anything unusual that someone would cheer. Okay. It, you know, it could it could have it could have been you know, uh, you're our scumbag. Okay. Yeah, it was just like he paused and goes, "What was that?" And then he just no sold it and moved on. So I was like, "Oh God, what if it was something, you know, where I'm just like, oh crap, I shouldn't have given attention to that guy." Um, but yeah, if it was just something normal, that's 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 fine. Did um, did uh, Tony Khan uh, address the crowd? I think I know the answer, but uh, more than once. And, and what did he say? And how did they respond? So, so I saw him twice. He might have come out after the last Rampage match, but I left as soon as the last Rampage match was over. He came out front. So after the dark match before Dynamite to, you know, thank people for coming and try to fire people up. And then he came out in between Dynamite and Rampage. Again, to implore people to stay. Although the good thing for the company is in... On the West Coast, it's so early, almost no one left until the end of Rampage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's good for Rampage, West Coast tapings. Yeah. Um, so did the, so. talk talk about uh, Rampage a bit, and this is a spoiler alert for people who, who don't want to know, uh, who are going to watch Friday. But uh, tell, us, tell us what happened on Rampage. Okay, so the first match was an eight-person match. The former Jericho Appreciation Society, Daniel Garcia, Daddy Magic, Angelo Parker, Jake Hager, uh, with Anna Jay, and they were against the Hardys and the Best Friends. And it, it was definitely a, it was a good match. Um, didn't overstay its welcome, and um, Jeff Hardy pinned Daniel Garcia. Okay. Then there was then there was a squash match with Claudio and Wheeler uh, just pummeling two guys for two and a half minutes, hmm. and I didn't get their names. Okay. Uh, but they did have two cool spots near the end. Claudio did the, the giant swing for what seemed like a long time, and then Claudio just launched Yuta to do this giant flash for the win. Uh, then there was a women's tag... Uh, Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir against Chris, Chris Atlander and Kakara Shida. And in the Rampage part of the match, Shida was probably the crowd was very Shida. And Shida did eventually get the win. She pinned Shafir, um, although it definitely looked a little sloppy towards the end. And then the final match that they taped, but I don't think that's the final match they're going to show on TV, was Penta versus Commander versus Johnny TV uh, with the QTV crew versus Lindsay Dorado. And what was, one strange thing in that match, Alex Abrahantes, um, well, I'll talk about in a second, he came out twice, once with Penta and, against, and again with Commander. It seems strange that he would be, you know, going out, going with two yeah. um, different wrestlers. Although, you know, the couple of times he was out, he one thing I will—he's very 
good at trying to get the crowd into it and excited, and he is not there to hype himself. He's there to hype his wrestler, so I give him a lot of credit for that. And I, I assumed, based on those four wrestlers, that Penta was going to win, but actually Commander won and won the title shots. Oh, wow. Okay. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcast? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where our guests will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PWF Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise! Uh, any, anything else from uh, from from Rampage or just your whole experience tonight, Dan? Any, or uh, excuse me, Ted? Anything else that uh, you stood out you want to share with us? Um, the only other thing that they kept pushing the, the live crowd hard on was there's they're going to be in Oakland in about five or six weeks for a Friday night show that's a combined Rampage and Collision, and they were trying to push hard to get the crowd to go out to Oakland. Mm. So, um, but yeah, no, I, it was a good night. I, you know, I was probably fifth row in the lower deck for, I think my paid $60 for the tickets. And if I had waited until, you know, today I could have gotten the same tickets for $20. Wow. So it definitely, you're not incentivized, you're not incentivized to buy early. Yeah. Yeah, people are catching on to that. Yeah, from a from an atmosphere standpoint, did it did it really take away from the show? How you know, I mean, it was like there was a couple angles where I was like, you know, that looks pretty good. They chose a good camera angle, but if you study it, you're like, that's darkened and that's darkened, and they're not showing that aspect of it. I mean, what was it like in the building, just in terms of that immersive fan experience? If you're kind of clustered and then so much of it is empty, but. So it's a small arena. It's you know probably at max capacity is ten thousand five have decks. It really is like you come in and there is the one hundred section which is below you and the two hundred section which is above you, but it's not really you know different decks. And so it's like one or two rows of it and one or two sections, and then the 100 section, you had maybe 60% of it sold, and the floor was completely sold out. Okay, that's not bad. The crowd, you know, the crowd was good. Yeah, no, it's not, it, so it felt good, and, and it's a great venue because you're close to the action no matter where you are. Yeah, that yeah, I like venues like but, that. That venue in Independence is a great venue next week, I'll say that. It holds about 5,000, though. Oh, wow. Yeah, so is does 
Stockton. Yeah, so, the, okay, I'm looking at this. The, uh, WrestleTix said that they had about 3,800 tickets distributed as of mid-afternoon, and that was a 1,000 higher than it was a few days ago before the Adam Copeland announcement. So there would have been a 1,000 or, or maybe even 1,500 fewer people in that building if not for Copeland. So that would have been, uh, that would have been rough. They, they had it set up for about 4,300, and the capacity just completely full is 12,000 according to uh, a, a Google search. So according to actually Stockton Arena itself, I believe. So, um, so yeah, so you know they weren't half full, but with the staging and stuff and what you described, it seems like it wasn't. It, because it's a more intimate arena, it didn't feel too cavernous and empty. But, but it's also interesting. I didn't go to the um, SmackDown show last week, but SmackDown was in Sacramento, and I think they had 14,000, 15,000 people. You know, so just to use the Minneapolis analogy, it would be like they were in Target Center on Friday and they're down in Rochester on Wednesday. Yeah, yes. Yeah, they, they ended up with, yeah, 13,000, I think over 13,000 in the building for, for SmackDown. Um, and uh, maybe 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 they got to 14, too. So, yeah, it was that was a much bigger crowd. And, yeah, eats up some of the budget and just the time that people have to go to a show. And Friday and Wednesday is, you know, different for different people. And, you know, Friday is generally more convenient. Uh, cool. Uh, Dan, yeah. else you want to ask Ted before we let him go? Well, I'm, no, I think I appreciate the the uh, report. And I guess, was there anybody on the Rampage show that was super over? I mean, you kind of talked about that a little bit, but mostly the Dynamite people, from my recall. Yeah, the, the um, only one who really stood out as being, you know, very over was the Karashita. Okay. Nice, yeah, Ted. Any closing words before we let you let you go? No, I, you know, I I enjoyed it. It definitely, you know, it doesn't feel like a hot product though, and so I I worry in that regard for the long term viability. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that is uh, it, it's it's tough because once it's not perceived that way, it can be kind of a self fulfilling prophecy that gets worse. And that's why I made the argument on the roundtable, the VIP roundtable Sunday, I believe it was, um, that I think it, you know with the pros and cons of of signing Adam Copeland um, and putting the resources and TV time into him, um, and you know the, looking at his latest WWE stint and thinking, well, it wasn't you know red hot. I just think AW needs something to, to 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 pull some people back in. But you want Copeland to be the gateway to people discovering other really cool things that they would not have been watching otherwise beyond Copeland. Don't let Copeland be a crutch. Let him be that gatekeeper drug that gets people into watching again. But you want everything before and after him to be at its best so that when the eyeballs are there, you're 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 growing your audience even when he's not around and and you know increasing the density of interest in the show beyond uh, XWB guys who come in for the novelty of it. Yeah, sorry, I do have one more thing. I, I know sure. that, that that's normal for the show to say. Oh, I, there's one more thing. So <laughs> yes. at the very end of Dynamite, um, so did they catch what um? Christian said to Adam Copeland when he said he wanted to team up again. Uh, we we as we guessed go f yourself. Yes, that is right. That is what yeah. he said. And then I'm assuming the show ended with um, 
the heels on the ramp, but um, and then just kind of a stare down. Yes, basically right? yes, yes. Yeah. So, so, at, so after the show ended, Luchasaurus um, and Nick Wayne both charged um, the the ring, and Adam Copeland gave both of them separately spears. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, that did not air. I assume that got a big pop. Huge pop. Adam <laughs> Copeland was completely over for that crowd. And and he discovered it's a lot easier to say Adam than Edge if you're chanting. You need those two syllables. <laughs> <laughs> he seemed genuinely tickled by that. Yeah, that, that, yeah he did seem very tickled by, by you know, saying his own name in the third person. <laughs> that, that too. I'm glad he swore it off. Also, now we just need Chris Statlander to swear it off, and then two baby faces will be better off. That's at least what Wade Keller thinks. Yep. <laughs> George is getting hungry. <laughs> that was so. It was so easy. Uh, appreciate the pop down, uh, t- Ted. Thanks so much. I appreciate your correspondence over the years. Also. Okay. Thank you so much. You bet. All right, uh, we had a couple other callers. It's getting late. They dropped off. Shinadu among them, but uh, call call uh, Saturday night or Wednesday night. Um, but let's uh, let's close out Dan here with just a couple emails um, and uh, and call it a night. Uh, first up, J- James W. in San Antonio said, "Hey, wait! It took nearly thirty minutes into the show to show the debut of Adam Copeland at Wrestle Dream. Should that have led the open of the show? I think so. A misstep out of the gate. This is more just reading the email to say great minds think alike. Um, but absolutely." Um, I would have led with a mini documentary of two or three minutes, um, really, really emphasizing, you know, again, the story I would have told. And I hate to be super specific with booking because, it, you know, it seems like, oh, you're saying you have all the – but it's illustrative of of the, – the specific is meant to illustrate a point, which is it would have been better for Copeland to be portrayed as someone who was pulled to the ring because of a heinous action by Christian and his cohorts against Sting and Sting and Darby and that story wasn't told it was hey we signed we signed him and look there's Canadians and so it was just a, a missed opportunity and yeah they absolutely should have done more to get across the fact that this is the first show after Wrestle Dream Wrestle Dream was amazing but it wasn't just a great show because of uh, average star ratings or whatever nonsense that shouldn't really be honest well Dan you suggested earlier but I would say don't don't lead with it um yeah. don't lead with the quality of the show lead with the fact that it was newsworthy Historically you know, significant with major ramifications yet to come. Yeah, Dan. You know what? I don't know any players on your Twins team. I don't. But I bet when they play Houston, they're going to say, hey, they just beat um, – it wasn't Tampa Bay. I don't even know who they beat. They they, they just won their series. Toronto. They, beat so, they just beat Toronto. And here are the highlights. Yep. Like, that's what you do at the beginning yep. of a sporting event. Here's yep. what just happened. It's not that hard. Yep. It's actually very obvious. If you took a minute to stop and say, if this was a sport, what would we do off of this five-hour show we just put on before we started our next two-hour show? We would spend two minutes on the important things that just happened. And then the next time we have a five-hour show, more people are going to say, oh, that did matter. Maybe I'll buy it. It's not hard. Yes. Yep. Yep. 
You don't have to wait for the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show to find out what I thought of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown each week. You can check out my reports that are updated live throughout Raw and SmackDown at pwtorch.com. My written report will tell you what's happening in detail in case you missed the show. And it will also analyze key segments and give my random thoughts and quips on what I am watching as it airs. So check it out every Monday night and Tuesday night at pwtorch.com. That also applies to WWE pay-per-views. I cover those live at pwtorch.com with a detailed written report with star ratings. And of course, you can find other TV reports from other contributors to PW Torch, such as NXT, ROH Impact Wrestling, and more. Check it out, pwtorch.com, your first stop for TV and pay-per-view written reports. Uh, very good. Let's, um, where are we here? Oh yeah. Let's go to Zach, uh, in Texas. AEW has had the best few days they've had in over a year. The Adam Copeland debut is doing bonkers numbers on YouTube. His arrival has brought them some positive momentum and control of the news cycle. They've already won the head-to-head battle with NXT next week, given that WWE has gone to such extraordinary lengths loading up NXT with people like John Cena and Cody, who have nothing to do with the brand, that either WWE gets a higher viewership with something that's not really the NXT product, or AEW gets a higher viewership anyway, which would be extra embarrassing. I don't think that's an unfair framing, Dan. I mean, it's... No, I, th- I think that's a really... I, I, I think WWE has played it. It depends what their goal is, but yeah, I agree with that exactly. Um, 100%. And, you know, honestly, if AEW does lose, usually shows don't draw as well when they're not on their normal night. I like know, it's yep. it's not even that meaningful. I, I mean, point, I guess yeah. you know, it's just not. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a very good point. Also, um, for his part, TK has stacked next week without really hot shotting anything, so it should be interesting. Tonight's show was great. The MGF Bullet Club Gold segment was great. Serious babyface MGF is the best MGF. Tony Storm continues to be the most entertaining thing in wrestling. She's gone from Norma Desmond with the smeared makeup, and it's fantastic. High praise incoming, but she might be the best crazy character. I use that word carefully since Randy Savage. Uh, I use that word carefully since Randy Savage. All right. The Adam Copeland Christian Cage segment was riveting television. It's absolutely wild seeing them in an AEW ring, but I'm here for it. Um, do you agree with his characterization that this was um, a serious babyface MJF? Here's one thing I don't like, Wade. Yeah. When did MJF become stupid? Why did he go in against three guys? Yeah. I. I mean, like, again, like, these are, this show needs an editor. Like, I just, there's got to be a better way to get Jay to jump in. Because he was already walking into a, I mean, they backed off so Jay could jump in, but that just, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I I just, you know, I I love MJF's character in general, but but that just, that's just, even it needs an editor. I, I don't, so I wasn't, Again, that was part of what bothered me is like, I like to watch and have things make more sense than that. And I was already frustrated with some of the skits. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, what else did he say? Oh, he talked about uh, Tony Storm. Yeah. So he covered the other stuff um, that we covered. All right. So we'll uh, wrap up here with some uh, points sent in from uh, uh, JB in Detroit. Um, with AW's reputation about injuries and health, I'm not sure it's a good idea to have Don Callis joking about quack doctors, even if it's purely in kayfabe. Not to mention the insinuated 
unprotected chair shot that they even mentioned in Callus's beatdown of Omega. Uh, Dan, how'd you feel about that? Um, you know, they it was they drew a lot of attention to it. You know, because it was like we don't like to see that. Uh, that's part of wrestling's past, and you know, basically yeah. going a bunch. Of, there's a bunch of people who are dead because. I mean, they had yeah. concussion issues, and that led to lifelong headaches that led to depression and, and all kinds of bad things. I mean, um, I, yeah. I felt like it was a throwback to that screwed-up chair shot with Cody and Sean Spears. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, do you really need to do those flashbacks? Yeah. <laughs> I know it's your anniversary, but, you know, the audio issue and that were not my kind of flashbacks. Uh, I'll just yeah. say that. I. Uh, Don was really good tonight on commentary with Renee yep. uh, in general. But And I'll say this, Excalibur can't sell. He can't sell. I'm sorry. He just – I didn't buy it when he's, like, worried about Kenny. I thought Tony and Taz were once again trying to help. It's just yeah. – I don't think he's got it there. And, and I don't know if you have to bring Jim Ross out or what, but I, it just that, – that diminished from what was a pretty – strong segment Excalibur trying to sell it I didn't yep. I didn't buy what he's trying to sell yep no that's it is absolutely his weakness um is everything just is we're I'm just in an I mean he's he's an AI announcer you know like how would yeah. an AI announcer minus you know say instructing him to inject human emotion um it's just not his it's not his strength doesn't mean he's a bad person it just means he, he, he is not good at at pulling you into the emotional outrage of of heels doing things. I mean, he just, he's shoulder shrug. Let's pivot. What, where's the next dynamic move that I can call by its very specific name. And, um, yeah, it's unfortunate, but you know, he's good at other things. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying he should be cut, but yeah, having, and I wish Shivani's instincts were a little bit better in terms of not in terms of more consistent. He's, he, he is often good, but there's times where I'm like, no, he's like, heels will cheat or do something with the express goal. The reason they did it is to get heel heat. And Tony will be like, ah, they're just giving, they're just taking advantage of the rules, you know, or something. Or they yeah. take, you know, it's like, no, no, you got to be outraged. They're, they, they don't do it because they want you to go, that's the way it's supposed to be done. They do it because they want you to be outraged and everybody's got to be on board with that. If it's, if it's otherwise just a waste of heels trying to get heel heat, if the announcers are extinguishing it on commentary. Yeah. Um, these two, this is now two weeks in a row that either AW or TBS has had significant audio and production issues. I understand this may not be AW's fault tonight, but they really need to get on the same page as WBD with WBD to prevent this in the future so as not to feel like amateur hour. I wonder how having to replay the Adam Cole, Roddy Strong, and Kingston segment affected the timing of the rest of the show, and was it really even worth it? Um, yeah, so I I wouldn't be shocked if the over... I, I haven't heard either way if the overrun wasn't already planned and that they cut the six-man tag a bit. That felt really rushed. Yeah. Um, it might be a combination of both, but I still... They wanted MGF out there for the transition at the top of the hour. So to me, I I just... Yeah, I, I don't think they would if... I mean, it wasn't that many minutes, but I, I don't know that they would have wanted MGF and and the the um uh bullet club segment to end before the top of the hour and it probably would have if not for that so that's why i think they stripped the six man and then they just gave edge all the time he needed and you know tbs yeah. was on board yeah yeah and i think they tweeted at first that they were going to replay this after the show and then they, they realized how stupid that was so they just played it right away and you know bryant thinks i'm an idiot i guess but i'm telling you i've watched probably a hundred college basketball games on, on TBS. And they've, this has never happened. Like yeah, yeah. it's something with 
the people they use on AEW. Uh, yep. You know, I don't. It's I not don't the same staff. To, it's not. It can't yeah. be the same staff. They can't have the A team doing this. And frankly, the A team would be doing other production touches that TBS and TNT are great at with sports. I mean, the, yeah. you know, a regular season NBA game is it so is, much more produced. It's like going exactly. It's like going to a high def movie theater compared to this. So it, yeah. it's it's it's. It's it's but my point was it's not that the station is incapable of fixing this if they cared enough to do it, uh, and I don't know beyond that whether whose fault it is between them and AEWs, but somebody is screwing up time after, and even the normal sound is terrible. I know the crowd's way I too mean, loud for the for the voice in in video packages and interviews. Yeah, it's it's amateur hour. It's it it needs to be fixed. Yep, I, I agree. Uh I like that Swerve isn't getting lost in the shuffle again after being continuously elevated since a feud leading into his match at All In. It's a good move to put him in a high-profile match against Danielson for number one contendership for the TNT title next Tuesday, and it makes sense as both wrestlers are coming off of big wins at WrestleDream. My only concern is they Swerve is they Swerve is that they that Swerve likely has to lose because I don't see a heel versus heel match in Christian Swerve making any sense. Uh, yeah, Dan. I mean, there plenty of they, newsy. They, they, there are plenty of newsy developments on the show. We haven't like necessarily gotten into them as much as I, I would have right. liked to, and that's one of them. You know, like what? What do you think they're going to do there? And that is the that is the only reason I'm, I, I'd still like to. And not the only. That's a two and a half hour drive for me to go to Independence. I'm not saying uh, the show's yeah. going to be bad, but like that is tough to miss. Like I yeah. really am excited about that match. Um, I think they can go any direction they want to go. Uh, and and Swerve is is um, nimble enough that he could he could go half baby face against Christian. Uh, I do think Daniels will probably win, but I'm not convinced of that. And I don't think it's it's not going to hurt Swerve to lose to Brian Danielson. I'm sorry, he's he, he can handle that. Uh, so I I think it's all good. I I, I don't have um, I'm not too worried about whatever happens. I think it's going to be a great match, and I'm confident of that. I think it'll be it'll be a good situation. You, um, you want to have a booking philosophy and execution in your company where losing to somebody of yeah. Danielson's caliber doesn't define you down. But AW is so into distraction finishes and cheating. And, and, and so I do want if, – if Swerve just loses clean to Danielson, I, there shouldn't be any shame in it. But they do that so rarely that I think it would just be a, a flagging him to fans as, well, he's we're pushing him, but not that much. And I do think the timing isn't great if they do want Danielson to win clean. But now I sound like I'm encouraging. A, a, yeah, a, I'm okay. I just I have so much faith in Brian Danielson. I think he can make it where it where yeah. if you're actually paying attention, you're just not going to feel that way. I could be overconfident, but yeah, I mean, I can't think of who's lost to Brian Danielson. I've been like, oh damn, they're done. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, you know, it's just like, well, they it, had a great it, match. It just swears been lost in the mix for so long. No, I, I, yeah, I, and I, I understand the sentiment, yeah, and yeah. I, and I, I don't mean to diminish the emailer because I understand the sentiment of the email too. But I just I think these guys are going to have a great match, and it's it'll be fine. I, I just that's not a high on my list of worries because I have so much faith in both guys. All right, he also says, who's going to be MGF's backup in his impending feud with Jay White and the Boat Club Gold with Adam Cole presumably out indefinitely? Could it be the acclaimed and Billy Gunn after their segment tonight? What was that? <laughs> um, well, they've got that whole Twitter thing where um, it, it uh, where Max is, is secretly in love with uh, MJF. I don't know if you've followed any of that, but they that's something they've alluded to on Twitter. He's he's out on his Twitter for a long time. Do you, so that's what... Do you think 
they should not put not, things. I, no, no, I'm, I'm asking yeah. generally. Should they be putting something on Dynamite that you need to have been on wrestling Twitter to get the context for? Or do you think it, they covered it well enough because the preamble was basically an explanation by MJF about what Max has been doing? Yeah. Yeah, I think if they're going to go that direction, at least they kind of explained it. And Renee bought into, so yeah. um, it's, who knows? Yeah, and, and maybe they... And if it works to them, oh, they're they're gonna he's that's his backup, and they're getting to it in a bizarre way. Okay, I mean, yeah. Renee was really good tonight, by the way. I mean, she always is, but uh, it just that that you know I've I've complained a lot, so I'm trying to come up with some positive. <laughs> yep. Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course, the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. I like that this is uh, back to JB. I like that the narrative that Jay White is creating for the title match with MGF at full gear is that MGF needs to defeat him to prove that he is truly an elite champion. It's an answer to the criticism some have had in recent months that MGF and Cole's storyline was too comedic and wasn't main event level. This will be a serious feud for MGF. So I, I am curious with, with Cole having surgery, and I'm told he's having surgery, um, right. and Roddy being a, you know, a, comedic character but and i love that he's wearing a hospital gown at home like who would who would wear a hospital that ugly thing at home and think yeah i'm gonna stick with this um yeah for all kinds of reasons not the ugliness either um so i do they end up like having to kind of put this on the side for a while on the back burner to use a cliche and just because i mean it sounds like mjf's gonna pivot to a serious feud with mjf i don't think the other answer to the question i guess where i'm leading is could taven bennett and roderick could they somehow have Cole say, hey, these are my friends too. You need more friends or at least acquaintances who you, who don't hate you. Let them come to your defense. Could that be it as opposed to Billy and the Acclaimed? It could. I mean, that's what they want you to think, I think, with the whole devil thing last week. Um, so I don't know who else. It, you know, that that's – and it's good they didn't address it too much this week. I'm not critical of that, actually. I think it's fine to have these storylines that – that you wonder about for a few weeks but that seems to be the implicit implication to me is that redundant i think it is um (laughs) that that uh that that those folks are gonna get involved there i i like that jay white is gonna challenge mjf like jay white is surrounded by goofs and clowns you know i mean austin and and juice in particular and i like their brand of being goofs and clowns more than than taven and and uh what adam cole's doing for sure And in Colton, I'm a big fan of Colton Gunn. I think he's got potential outside of the Gunn Take team, but he's sort of the the stable, sane one. Um, you know, he's you know a J to Mark Briscoe in in that sense, maybe. Um, but, uh, 
was I going to say about... Oh, yeah. So I think Jay can actually be, and this is, I think, what JB's getting at, the person who pulls MJF kind of out of the out of the what some people see as the muck of the comedic stuff that's pulling mm-hmm. him away from the main event scene. And MJF's going to have to raise his game because, you know, JY is going to sit there and listen to what you have to say and fire back. And MJF was kind of ganged up on tonight. You know, oh, you had two hours sitting in the back and the best you could do is tofu and you're the short brunette like they were you know mjf has no limits on what he says about other people and so it's good he doesn't you know unless he's pulling a power play after the show and they didn't clear it with him um they're they're letting him go after him and and say oh yeah tofu that that's great um and mocking him for it he's he's ganged up on right now uh you know verbally and i think jay white even with Austin and, and Juice doing their thing jay is going to add gravitas to what mjf has to do and i actually think it could be a good six weeks here for MJF because uh, timing wise to have Jay White as his opponent because Jay is serious. Like, yeah, he's charismatic and entertaining, but he's not doing, you know, zany comedy. Yeah. And I want to see, I, I like the bullet club gold. We, we've talked about that and I don't, I'm fine if MJF has whatever backup he has, but I'd like to see it a little bit more one-on-one focused as it gets closer because that is going to make it more serious, and that's what MJF needs. Say that again? I think I want to see a more one-on-one focus as they approach the yes. what I assume is the pay-per-view match. Yeah. Oh, well, actually, it is. They announced yeah, that, they I guess. That, yeah. um, because I think that's what MJF needs. I think that will make it yep. very serious and very meaningful. And it's and and just let those two go at each other, and it's going to take care of itself. And again, I have confidence in those guys. And and I I they have a long. This is a very early announcement for a pay per view event for AW, but I think it's yep. I think it's good to tell fans MGF's going to be on this pay per view. He's going to yes. be defending this title. Yes. He's back in the main event spot. And and you know I do worry with six weeks of you know laying around being creative uh, and then showing up at TV with a con- all kinds of ideas like. Uh, Max does. Um, I worry a little bit. They'll take some detours that might take us off track. This would be a time if I'm Tony Khan to just go, let's keep this simple. Let's Mm -hmm. not try to reinvent things and add all these layers and swerves and detours and, and, and sleight of hand. Let's just be kind of straightforward. Even if people think it's redundant, MJF and, and Jay White are good enough doing basic stuff. Let them do basic stuff for six weeks. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying just each cut a promo every week. I mean, you can be a little creative, but dial it down by about two thirds and make this about Jay White the wanting to be title. the he yeah, yeah Jay White Jay White says I want to be the face of an American company, and I am that good. And yeah, I just make and it I've about been world, yeah. and MJF. I've been world champion for a year. You yeah. know, like yeah. like you know, you don't have to be like WWE and mention it all the time, but yeah. he's starting to get close i assume to the longest reign you know yeah so i mean there's a lot to there's a lot you can put your teeth into here uh jb also says are we pivoting away from the hobbs miro feud that didn't seem finished to me but i can't see how that would fit into the callous family versus jericho omega Ibushi situation yeah um one is it okay that callous didn't just pick hobbs to be the teammate instead of kyle fletcher if he's going to be part of the callous family um i guess he just wanted the sneak attack and, well, he want, and they they wanted to lose also. I mean, if well, he, you know, well, yeah, they didn't want to lose. <laughs> yes, I mean, I, I just mean, mean storyline wise. If you have Hobbs on your bench, why did you reach for Kyle Fletcher? That just I'm saying from a from a logic of Callis wanting to yeah. win every match his his guys are part of. Um, you know, why why go with him? 
or why, why not go with him? But that aside, do you like Hobbs with Callus? Is this a, a elevation for Hobbs and perhaps uh, good chemistry? They finally, I, they finally got away from QT and that whole mess, and uh, and that's over and done with. So I'm I'm like, let's move forward, and this is going to work really well. I think it's going to. I was talking with uh, Frank about that on Twitter uh, a little bit, and I, I think it's going to work really well. And yeah, Hobbs can cut a promo, but um, it's probably better to just let him be the scary big guy and let Don Callis, who's as good as it gets, cut those promos. And uh, uh, and Taz had a great line, like I don't remember what it was, like just like subtly saying, "I know Hobbs, like he's, you know, he always brings that history up and how he's just a bad, a bad, bad guy and uh, and tough guy." And I liked that little that little subtlety too. Yeah. Um, okay, he says, how, uh, JB says, how do you think Dynamite Title Tuesday featuring Copeland's AW debut match will fare compared to Raw? I mean, SmackDown. I mean, NXT. We've seen a Cody, <laughs> Becky, Heyman when they go head to head. Yeah, Becky and Heyman, too, when they go head to head. Also, I know it's a collision move to 7 p.m. this Saturday. I actually think that might help with ratings as they'll start before the primetime college football game and Fastlane. Could this be a response to the poor ratings last week, or is this due to playoff baseball? I, I always thought that Collision should be uh, six, not six oh five, but like in the old WWE's time, uh, Saturday night time slot, and and be pre prime time. I don't know how that would battle. Com- I don't know what that would mean in terms of uh, uh, college football, and but the prime it would avoid the prime time. I pres- I assume the major- most college football prime time games start either six six thirty Central Time, yeah, six six thirty maybe seven. So you're not. You know, maybe some people will be willing to watch the wrestling though when the games are not closer to their conclusion. I, I, but yeah. uh, well, I don't know. But if 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 Collision started at six Eastern, five Central, you're you're avoiding. Oh w- no, then that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah then you yeah. would avoid WWE PLEs once a month, yep. and you would avoid college football uh, for the most part. I I just I mean I would move it back. Two hours. I mean, I would I would do six to eight Eastern. Um, I I think they would do better. I don't know how, and then throw a movie on on TNT afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it could so be an experiment. Base... Yeah. What's yeah? What's going on Saturday? Is there is it baseball? So there's baseball on TBS. Yeah. But I don't see any baseball on TNT. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't know. There, there is no shame in, in moving Collision with the with the viewership yeah. numbers. They're doing. It's not like some tradition or some you know point of pride. I mean, they drew three hundred twenty-seven thousand people Saturday against NXT No Mercy, and you know yeah. the week before they did five hundred sixty-two. I, I just, I think there's to more me though, Wade. I mean, I'm watching college football. I mean, college football starts at the big game. There are big games at two thirty. There's big games at six thirty. They're at eleven Central. So I don't know. I, I'm I don't more... think you can avoid it. I'm more worried about the PLEs from WWE. Honestly, we've seen that. It. That's a really and that's yeah. You look at the the damage that was done by that relative to football, and you're right. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, finally, was it wise for Adam Copeland to mention in his promo that Christian's real name is Jay, and that his daughter told him to come to AW to quote have fun with Uncle Jay? I really don't want to think that of that as a reason he went to AW and kayfabe as it relates to his current feud with an ultra heat seeking heel and Christian. As always, love the show and go VIP. I, I absolutely would have. St- scratch that off with a red pen if i if i was handed you know mm-hmm. bullet points i would say no let's not go there you 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 don't you don't have to use this real name. oh and as you fans know i'm christian like no just you don't need to get real with the fans by using a real name i i and and um his daughter might not 
Like, if, if he had said that and, and Copeland goes, you know what? My daughter hasn't been watching what Christian's been doing because I don't want her to see this version of my lifelong friend who she remembers as a different person. I think he could have framed there it you go. in a way where it can work. Um, but he didn't do that. So, therefore, I, I, I'm with JB. I'd rather strike it or add some context to it. Just leave it at the post uh, press conference, post match. What they did Sunday, sure, yeah. fine. You're kind of in, in and out of kayfabe, but yeah, yeah, not on your TV show. Yep. Uh, okay. Anything else in your notes, Dan? I know we've run really long here. Um, yeah, I, I've been looking over the notes. Um, so I just had a couple things. Yeah. Uh, I, I think. Oh, I really like that opening interview that Edge hesitated before he shake, shook Kenny's hand. <laughs> yes. uh, just a little subtlety, like. It may not mean anything long term. It might, but those are those. If you're, it's good. Hopefully, you reward that. People pay attention. They see it. They like it. Samoa Joe, another really good interview. Just solid stuff. Um, if people care about Sky Blue's character, she seems to be putting the dark stuff on her face, and she got involved with Julia Hart. We've seen that before. Um, and Orange Cassidy and Hook, really good backstage interview. A little subtle shot at Moxley to Renee. It worked. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. It was. It was. It was. That was one of the highlights of the show to me. The orange thing and the and the Joe little segment. Uh, I like both those a lot. I think those are the most words. I think Hook has matched the grand total of words he said before tonight, yeah. and he didn't say a lot, but that was more words yeah. than usual. Um, yeah, I like Orange and Hook. I think it's you know Hook is not. They this, work together. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Hook's not like this polished, you know. He just he hasn't come along as a guy you just want to throw in the ring and show off for for fifteen minutes one on one. That's just not his forte. So when Orange is just you know he's a great worker, so you can help Hook move along, have some fun segments. But yeah, I speak you want you want people to speak the truth. And Christian going yeah, I held it for eleven months. He held it for like three weeks. Why yeah. am I not getting a match? Um, yeah. yeah, I mean you don't want to draw too much attention to the to the screwed up. <laughs> the screwed up way AEW gives out title shots either. You got to be careful about that. But if it if you're going to do it, yeah, you want Christian to stand up for himself and not seem like he doesn't care. Orange, orange. What did I say? Christian. Oh God. Christian's yeah. on the mind. Christian's on my <laughs> mind. Yes, yes. Orange yeah. Cassidy. Um, too many titles. Too many. Too many people walking around. Too many titles. Uh, cool. Anything else, Dan? No, it's a good show as always, Wade. I appreciate it. It's fun, fun time talking to you. It absolutely is. Thank you. We'll uh, hopefully do this again soon. It works for your schedule. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, everybody. And we'll uh, talk to you next time. invite you to email the show with feedback or questions or comments that email address is wade keller podcast at pwtorch.com that's wade keller podcast at pwtorch.com also welcome your feedback on twitter you can follow us on twitter at pwtorch and follow me at the wade keller that's at pwtorch and at the wade keller searching for more great pro wrestling talk then join me jason powell host of the free weekly pro wrestling boom podcast each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net, along with other pro wrestling media members. 
Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at pwboom.com. Once again, that's pwboom.com. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Did you know we also have a website? pwtorch.com. Daily news updates, editorials, and my live TV coverage covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown, and my live pay-per-view coverage for WWE and AEW. Create a tab or bookmark, make it a daily stop, visit us throughout the day, every day, to keep up on breaking news and more. That's pwtorch.com. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the Paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger. And our I Was There When shows, where our guests will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PWF Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. One way that you can help us sustain our schedule of putting out podcasts throughout the week is by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Just go to Apple Podcasts and look for our Wade Keller Processing Podcast and Wade Keller Processing Post Show and give us a five-star rating. We hope you think we've earned that score with our fast turnaround times and our quantity and quality of wrestling analysis throughout the week. So take a moment out for us and do us a favor and give us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. That helps us on search returns and helps us grow. And if you want, you can add a few comments about what you like about the programs in the comments section. Thank you so much. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. A PW Torch VIP membership doesn't just give you ad-free access to these shows and a ton of other VIP-exclusive podcasts throughout the week, but you also gain access to our unmatched, vast library of wrestling history, our contemporaneous week-to-week coverage through our Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletters dating back to the late 1980s, along with streaming and download access to hundreds of retro radio shows from the 1990s, including some of my interviews with wrestling's top newsmakers in the 90s. And also our podcast library dating back to the year 2003. There's no larger, longer-spanning pro wrestling podcast library than that that comes with a PW Torch VIP membership now approaching 20 years of podcasting. Go VIP and dive into our post-pay-per-view roundtables, our coverage of some of your favorite eras of wrestling, top-name long-form interviews, and special format podcasts that we've done throughout the years pwtorch.com slash govip. We have a streamlined sign-up form and you can pay with PayPal or directly with your credit card or debit card in one or two minutes. From right now, you can be a VIP member and diving into our library, pwtorch.com slash govip. 
As I say these words, my microwave is heating up my latest factor meal. It's the chili, and it is a cool, rainy day here in Minnesota, and I am looking forward to an easy lunch because I take the factor meal out of the refrigerator, fresh, never frozen, with wholesome ingredients packed with nutrients that will give me the energy to make it through the workday, all the way through watching wrestling tonight and hosting the Post Show podcast. With the busy fall season already in full swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days also. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. And like me, you don't want to wait 45 minutes for food to be delivered and agonize over what kind of tip to give and then regret how much you spent and eat fried food. That ends up not being all that hot by the time you eat it and you have to microwave it anyway. So why not have Factor deliver a week's worth of meals to your door, as many as you want, and in whatever variety you want. They have uh, different themes, including vegan meals and high-protein meals and much more. In fact, there's over 35 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals that promote a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, all, again, ready to eat in just two minutes. They also offer not just dinner, but lunch-to-go meals, effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go, no microwave required. And my microwave just beeped in the background. My food is ready. There's also calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving, but with the nutrients you need for the energy to get through the day. You can also try Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving if you're trying to pack on some muscle from workouts at the gym. And with Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions and source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices. So this October, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. So head to factormeals.com slash wade50. That's factormeals.com slash wade50 and use code wade50 to get 50% off. That's code wade50 at factormeals.com slash wade50 to get 50% off. Now I'm going to go have my delicious lunch.